Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick, who is out my side, who sway. Yes, I'm here, and obviously we're going to be talking about comics, but just every now and then I just I have to highlight the, the, the beautifulness, the beauty of everybody just go get a library card and go check out your library, because you get so many fucking comics, and I can't wait for the end of the episode to uh, talk about the shit that I've was able to read because I went to my libraries, uh, go do that as well. And you'll find great comics there too. Yep. And make sure to use the Libby app as well. You can use a digital library as long as you have a library Sick. card. And that's what Liz uses to read everything. So that's cool. awesome. Yeah. Nice. Well, now that that commercial for the library is out of the way, let's talk <laughs> about some comic books. As always, we don't start with actual reviews. We start with some news and we don't have a ton, but what we have is very exciting. Uh, so let's just start with the big one. Fuck it. Netflix has announced they're making a Scott Pilgrim anime. <sighs> and it is going to feature the cast from the 2010 film doing the voices. That's so this, cool. This includes Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winston, uh, Satya Baba, who is Matthew Mattel and looks really cute now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kieran Coyne. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Allison Pill. Aubrey Plaza, Brandon Routh, Jason Schwartzman, Johnny Simmons, who is young Neil, in case anyone doesn't know, Mark Weber, who's Steven Stills, is an amazing filmmaker, uh, Mae Whitman, Whitman, uh, Whitman, and Ellen Wong returning as Knives Chow. This is going to be sick. I'm very excited about this. this I don't think they're going to do the movie animated. I think they're going to actually do the actual comic. I feel like yeah, they actually have the liberty, like just like the, the room to actually do the comic and to, to the, they had the anime to adapt the manga, to adapt the source. That'd be really cool because one of my favorite, one of my favorite arcs where in, in my head canon ends is volume four with Lisa. And I, if they do that, if they, if they do that, my heart will fucking melt. Yeah. I'm really excited. I, I loved that movie. I saw it opening day. I've seen it at least 12 times now. Like I know it by heart mm-hmm. one of the best soundtracks of all time. We all know that They're, like I'm saying things we all know, you know <laughs> what I mean? But yeah, really exciting. I don't think we have a date or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think it's just like the fresh announcement. All we know is that it will be produced by Edgar Wright. It will be animated by the studio that does devil man cry baby. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah. So very, very cool. All right. Uh, next up. So, Funko is just a shitty company. Um, Funko, a while back, obtained Mondo Posters, who makes mm-hmm. some of the best posters in the world. Um, and they started to um, they started to lay off a bunch of people, and it seems like Mondo was going to be eliminated. Basically, that sucks. Um, he's but the Funko CEO at least has said that they had not laid off most of the Mondo staff that um, the people released were only about 10% of the the, the overall firings, basically mm-hmm. what he said. Um, Mondo posters will continue. He said, we feel that making extremely limited runs of posters, most of which are 150 pieces under, limits access to fans unfairly. Basically, they're going to open up and do more wide, widely available posters, larger print runs. Okay. I like that because Mondo posters are great, but they're hard to get. You know what I mean? Like, and so that's really cool. Sucks people have to lose their jobs. I'm never going to, never going to, well, <laughs> I almost said I'm never going to be happy when people lose their jobs, but we'll talk about that in a minute. 
But, you know, it does suck that these people lost their jobs because they're creatives and a lot of people are really genuinely inspired by their work. Yeah, some of the I best remember. some of the best ideas uh, have come out from Mondo. So it's like, yeah, that, that sucks. Hopefully they will be able to find new positions because these are very creative people. These are people that you're going to want to hire. So um, the other thing, this is the only DC bit I have is there's a new crossover event called Showdown that uh, Jorge Jimenez uh, posted a teaser image of. And it's the bat symbol scratched out by Catwoman's claws. So apparently it looks like a Batman versus Catwoman crossover. Yeah, crossover? It, it was on a, on a few ads in the, in the on some of the comics this week. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess. I guess I'll have uh, to buy a few Catwoman issues. Yeah. I mean, I'm not buying either Batman or Catwoman. And to be clear, it's the Batman book, not Detective Comics. It's the Chip Zarsky, yeah, which I am. So that's why yeah. I'm kind of like, well, at least for at least two issues, maybe three. Also, and I, and I'm, I was kind of excited for this because this could be, again, like I started coming back reading Batman because of Chip. Robbie came after. It would have been him regardless if Chip wasn't. Uh, but now this will be maybe, maybe this will be my answer to there's actually like a little a panel of uh, alluding to it, but maybe this will be my answer to of why I left uh, to, uh, to begin with in in this crossover on uh, between Batman and Catwoman. So we'll see. I'm, uh, yeah. I'll read it. I know why you left, so I understand what you're yeah. saying. So. <laughs> All right, a couple little generic things that uh, have been announced. Steve Niles is going to return to IDW for a new horror series called Brynmore. It's going to be a five issue mm-hmm. horror mini series featuring the art of Damian Worm. It follows a man who returns home to a remote island and attempt to reconnect with his strange daughter, but horror stuff happens. So, cool. Yeah. Uh, also, um, that's Marvel. We'll get to that, man. Um, Top Cow has a new series called um, Haunt You Till... It's Haunt You to the End. And it's going to be um, Ryan Katie and Andrea Moody coming back for it, starting Ooh. in June. Um, it's also a horror series. Um uh, Readers will go on an expedition with a motley crew of characters from a tech billionaire, a Catholic priest, a Sarah Connor-like military contractor turned explorer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to prove that there is life after death. Nice. So, kind of a cool concept. I dig that. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, you know how sometimes like I've, I'm excited for the writer to see how this, how this goes, but sometimes like you hear an idea, but it's like, you're excited for how the artist is going to port, portray it out. And Moody is, is one of those I, I, I really like. Yeah. Speaking of which, this is going to be an insane book. I already really, really like the idea of this. From Oni Press, we're getting a new book called Lamentation hmm. that's going to be written by Cullen Bunn. Nice. And drawn by Arjuna Susini. And it looks really cool. It's a gothic horror. And cool. I really like the idea of this. And Cullen Bunn, he's one of those people, he, they don't miss. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So... I'm really excited to see this. It it gives me almost like Phantom of the Opera vibes, but like full on horror. And the first cover is straight up a vault cover, <laughs> which I mean the biggest compliment possible. Yeah, so, that's cool. Um, but yeah, here I'll actually send you that cover just so you can see that at least. Well, I loaded up actually. Sh- shout out to Colin Bunn because, and shout out to again to the commercial. Oh, that's actually really sick, right? <laughs> like, that's that's really cool. Um. Because of the library, I actually found, um, I actually get to finally read uh, his 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 first baby. I'm actually, uh, I can find the, the library edition of um, was it Harrow Harrow Con- uh, County um, from from him. So I've, right, I've, right. that's one of those that's been on my list. So that's cool. Just shout out to Colin Bud. 
Nice. Transition over to Marvel. I have a couple uh, variant covers news. The first one is that uh, Marvel is going to be doing variant covers for the Return of the Ultimate Universe. Hmm. <laughs> Um, featuring art by Hitch, Salvador LaRocca, Mark Bagley, Stonehouse, and Adam Kubert. Uh, yeah, they look cool. Um, I, it's weird to give Storm like one because Ultimate Storm isn't really a character that resonated with me at all. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, so that's interesting. We get uh, Ultimate Moon Knight, which is really cool. Um, and Ultimate Daredevil, who appeared in like one comic. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, which was a great comic because one of my favorite Ultimate Daredevil and Electra was great. But, and then the other one, the one I'm a little bit more excited about, Marvel is honoring George Perez with a brand new variant series following uh-huh. his passing. Uh, they're going to do variants using restored, colored, and showcased uh, works of his from his archives. Um, so it's, uh, I'll send you this link so you can check them out. There's five right here. It's about it's the the second story basically, <clears throat> but um, there's one of Vision walking through a wall. Uh, there is one of the uh, fa- Fantastic Four with uh, the Impossible Man, which is always great. I like the uh, Marvel. The Marvel one is probably my favorite, actually. Um, the Wanda sketch cover, which is really cool, and then a Hulk one as well. So uh, yeah, those are gonna be crazy incentive ones. <laughs> Good yeah. luck with those. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, moving on to full-on Marvel news. Oh, boy. Okay, let's see. How do I start? Yes, let's just start with it. Let's get out of the way. Isaac Ike Perlmutter has been fired from Disney. Woo! Suck it, you fucking racist. <laughs> so, uh, I don't need to tell you guys who he is. Look it up yourself. Um. All you need to know is that the headline on CBR is Marvel fans celebrate Ike Perlmutter's Disney <laughs> And the first tweet is the gif of the girl from Cabin in the Woods, little Japanese girl saying the evil is defeated. <laughs> That's awesome. Fuck yes. Fuck him forever. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, he's fine, by the way. In case anyone's like, he really lost his job. No, he he's, he's fucking rich and he can go suck it. <laughs> so, fuck him. <laughs> Like now, moving on to a more likable former head of Marvel, Cho Kazada has signed a deal with Amazon, which is really interesting. Ooh, okay. He's going to help adapt the various comic book IPs that they're that they're acquiring. Oh, so, wait. ooh, okay. So Amazon's already might be the best at adapting comic books. It probably right. Is. Yeah, they haven't really missed. But you put Casada in there with it? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's really, really interesting. So I didn't I didn't see him going that direction. You know what I mean? I thought I'd just see him go back to comics or something, but it's cool. He's taking his like organizational skills and doing something great with it. So we'll see. Um no specific um projects announced or anything like that. So next up. Blade is getting a new ongoing series. Oh. Ongoing, not a mini. Yo. Ongoing. Yo, about fucking time. Written by Brian Hill and art by Elena Casagrande. Mm-hmm. Love, I love the creative team. That's a great creative team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's really cool. We're, we're going to have Bloodline with their own series, but I think it's a mini. I think it's a mini, mini yeah. 
maybe Bloodline will show up in Blade. But they weren't shy to just like bring in Blade into it, but not even to just like to just like overshadow Bloodline. Obviously, it's like we're gonna want this mentorship because Bloodline is just fucking awesome. I'm, I'm we're already a fan of, a fan of hers, so uh, mm-hmm. maybe they'll actually be in the ongoing. Why not? Yeah, yeah, I think it's really really cool. I'm very excited about that. So yeah. <sighs> And then um, along with that, the uh, I'll end with this other one. Um, another fan favorite of ours, another favorite of the show, I should say, Aaron Fisher, the Captain America of the Railways, the openly gay Captain yes. America, is getting his own comic solo series. Oh, that's cool. Fuck yeah. But only on Marvel Unlimited. I mean, that's, that's still fucking cool. I mean, again, I know, like, it's build cool, lore. But... It's okay to just keep building lore. I just sort of be there. Or, or like a little editor's note, down the, editor's, editor's note down the line being like, when you're impressed with it, it's like, oh, when can I get more of that? Little editor's note. I mean, go to the app. And then eventually, hopefully, make it popular enough, it'll get printed. Like some of those we've been talking about. Yep, exactly. Like one we'll talk about later today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. I, I love Marvel Unlimited. I, I read it all the time. So that's really dope. So... And then the final one, another new issue announcement. This is very interesting. Jonathan Hickman mm-hmm. and Valerio Shidi <laughs> are going to be launching a new series called Gods, Gods. in Marvel. G-O-D-S. And it, quote, will redefine Marvel's cosmic mythology and introduce deities. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you want to... Uh, uh, I think there was like I think he was like had the audacity to be like it's like almost like an answer to Sandman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it also has like if have you seen the previews? Um, I, I think I just I barely glanced at it and then had to leave. There's a a guy that I would call Constantine like. Uh huh. In some of the shots, I'll send that over to you. And he seems to be one of the like driving characters. He's the one described. His name is Win. A mysterious player in a war that oh, yeah, no, outside the orders we know and vital member of an eons old hierarchy that includes eternity, infinity, living tribunal, and such. For a second, I thought it was because it's still Hickman. I thought it was um, what was it? Druid from from, from Secret Warriors. So it was like the the magic one that he was yeah, like yeah. he was kind of, he was kind of chubby, but then he got fucking fit. He got fired, but then he got fit on the side. Right. Um, and for a second, I thought it was him because again, with the acronyms and part of Secret, uh, not Secret, well, yeah, part of fucking uh, Secret uh, Warriors. His uh, other mini shield series that really like build out the like the, the crazy ass lore, the the secret society lore. That was awesome, and this is like playing into like the same acronym shit. I'm very excited for this God series. We will get a special preview on May 6th on Free Comic Book Day. Yes. So in the Avengers X Men book, if you want to pick it up. So. Mm. But yeah, that's all the news I got. Uh, did you have anything else that you can think of? Um, I did want to elaborate. I got um. Um, the, the previous page uh, from Marvel. Uh, so I did. So bas- uh, so I, I do know that, at least like the 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 basic pitch for the Ultimate Invasion, and that's um, it's it'll be uh, the the Illuminati's coming back, and that's like the yeah the Illuminati's coming back to st- to stop the Maker from either uh, building or yeah either to destroy or to build the, the Ultimate Universe, and with it. Uh, Miles Morales is like the a, a central, a key figure, like in, in all of it. So, and it, and it makes sense. So because, like, I mean, like the last, like what what I said and what I believe of, of Miles Morales, like the best thing that could have happened to, Mar- to Miles is coming to the six one six. So now it's like this is actually just more exciting before this, and I, I'm I will be reading it. That's really interesting because he's um, 
in the Spider-Man book right now, the one doing with the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. they make a point that he's very unique because he's technically from two different universes. Yeah. So so he doesn't... That's why they can't infect him very easily. Oh, okay. Because he doesn't have a home universe. He has two. So it's really interesting. So hmm, I like that. Awesome. Well, that's all. I got. I also did get previews. I got the DC one as well. I just don't have time. <laughs> it's just quick, quick flips, yeah. and it's like the ones like I mean, like we read everything, but the ones like we get really excited for, like I'll read the details, but it's like I'll avoid the ones I don't want complete spoilers. But I did need a little bit more on Ultimate Invasion, and with the Illuminati coming back, and, and actually like who has been on the sidelines for a while, like Black Bolt, like is will be will be there. Yeah, by that I mean I had a lot of comics to read before we recorded. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. So, all right. Well, now let's talk about those comics. And as always, we don't start with a bang. We start with a boom. Boom Studios. I'm going to start with The Approach, number five. I really like this cover. It's very simple. Because it's the it's in a snowstorm. Ooh. It's that one with the monster at the airport. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, you can actually see it. It's so. ominously there. Like, you don't want to keep... You want to get out of the whiteout, but... Yeah. In <laughs> that's this, not what you want to come into vision. In this issue, they're in a whiteout trying to escape this monster, so it uh, really works. So, uh, of course, creative team written by Jeremy Hahn and Jason Hurley, art by Jesus Harvas and Leah Caballero, colored by Brett Waldelli, and letter by Ed Dukeshire. Uh, it wraps it up very well. It's it's like a survival horror, like a group survival horror. I, I compared it to uh, the thing before, but it's, it's not like exactly like the thing or anything like that. I think it's just snow and monster makes me think of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, really good, and I think the there's a cool climactic moment at the end. You know, there's always that moment in these monster tales where you have to fight them, and it was really cool. I think it was really well told, and I really liked it. And lots of fun characters. So not all of them make it. I will be clear. So uh, good stuff. I really, I really appreciate it, and I'm a big fan of the Han and Hurley team. I always have been. So uh, definitely worth a pickup. Probably get the trade soon. Next up. Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number five. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Written by Jason Aaron, illustrated by Alexandra Tafingi, colored by Lee Luffridge, and uh, letter by Ann World, with additional art by Nick Dragota and Rico Renzi. (laughs) Um, The Apocalypics. Yeah, so we see the Apocalypics. And it's, it's got that weird sense of humor this book has. Where it's like, everything is deadly serious, but also it's kind of funny. And I really like that. Um, predictably, he's not very good at it, basically. <laughs> so um, we have the final confrontation with with the scouts, you know what I mean? And it all comes to a head. I, I don't want to spoil it because it's a great ending. Yeah. And the way he wins, there's much more impact if you read it than if I just tell you what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wins. Spoilers. We know he wins because he's an old man in the fast flash forwards. The real story is the flash forward. Yo. And uh, yeah, that was an interesting choice because you and me were like, well, he's there. <laughs> like, you know, like there was some questions we had about the future and we got some answered teasing this as the end of the first volume, basically. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Again, I won't spoil it because I really... I, this is another book that you just have to read. Um, and it's it's really cute and romantic. That's the thing. It's such a romantic story in this weird apocalypse. Like, I, I know! Love it. 
So what do you think? Um, okay, well, I, I just want to shout out two two bits, uh, but we won't spoil it. Won't spoil like how it all like everything about uh, everything else that happens. But uh, the Apocalympics, come on, like the punchline too. <laughs> There's a sexual degrading bit, and like that that was just so funny. And the, the fact the fact that he was just like gained up on like like one against six, like that was just not, never going to be fair. Um, and yeah, everything in the issue was awesome, and just one bit, and, and it was like the the last page for um, the end of the volume was just like was just, it's so it's just like you said, it's so romantic, it's so fucking adorable. Uh, but the flash forward when he fucking pumps out the the the, the double barrel from his forearm, dude, like. I need to know like this gap or at least like this, like the, the later parts. Cause he's so fucking badass then. Um, or what he gets to, he's really cool now. Like he's so fucking charming, but he's, he's such a badass. He's so fucking cool. I love it so much. I love his book so goddamn much. Yeah. It's really fucking great. <laughs> so, uh, can't wait for the next volume. Next up, our final boom book. Something is killing the children. Number 30. Hard to believe we're at number thirty, man. I know. And before you go, like I, I got, I got the cover A because I, I love Cutter. Like shit, I'm fucking terrified of her. But god damn it, did you see this one? I did not. I've been, st- I've just been staring at it. I just love it. That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> nice. Written by James Tynan the Fourth, illustrated by Borda Della Derek, color by Mikhail Morato, and letter by Ann World. Oh man. Okay, so. It seems like this book is so good, but it seems like so little happens in each issue. It's hard to recap. Um, basically, Erica and her two guests, prisoners, baits, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. um, they're able to escape, luckily, out in the middle of nowhere where there won't be too much trouble. Uh, we also get to see that Erica has really gotten under Cutter's skin, which was an amazing moment. Um, and yeah, it, it, we didn't really check in with with the the house very much in this one. Uh, I don't think we did at all, actually, which was weird because there was kind of like a bubbling up story of how they're going to react and what, what's going to happen. And, you know, I thought we'd check in at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just really, really interesting. Um, I'm really liking, is her name Gabby, the girl? Yeah. I'm loving her attitude when the monsters are talking to her and she's like, whatever. Like she doesn't, she doesn't give a shit. She says the whole, I'm not afraid to die. And, you know, it's like, do not say that. Like, you know, like, it's just really interesting. Um, I'm so curious what's going to happen at the end of this arc. Curious and worried is what I'll say. <laughs> so, uh, but I really enjoyed it. What do you think? Yo, when Cutter just like fucking cut loose, <laughs> pun intended. And I, and I love that it was because of, it was Gabby who, who stole the the doll. I just like. The fact that she oh, yeah, knew is like right. like she she had everything out of like she 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 beat the shit out of herself just so, but part of her plan, and then she realized like yo wait something's fucking wrong like like probably the voice that wasn't there, and it's like where's that doll and like oh god that that full page, again I'm so fucking terrified of her and that page was awesome it was so good and like the and then cutting to Gabby just having the conversation with me like y'all just suck um it, it's it's a good i i do i really fucking love this arc and yeah and then like ah god damn it the fucking last the the cliffhanger it's just so good this um uh, what do they call it the the duplicity type is just it's just so fucking cool it's creepy as fuck i love it <laughs> so nice all right let's switch up publishers i'm going to talk about cex really quick and i got one book and it's called sereno 
And uh, this is a triple size issue. There's three issues in here. Oh, cool. Um, 52 pages. And the entire thing is done by Luciano Vecchio with the English translation by Alexandro Sagade because, from what I understand, this was originally either in Spanish or Portuguese. I can't determine. I think it's Spanish based on what I can tell. Oh, cool. Um, so it's about this hero here on the cover who is like a... I protect this city kind of hero. You know what I mean? Like limited to a city kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's a futuristic city, kind of Batman Beyondish era kind of feeling. Yeah. And his powers are all based on light. There's no coloring. It's just shading. So this is what the interior looks like. Nice. And it's three different adventures that he goes on to protect people. Um, Kind of exploring the world and stuff. And it's really interesting. Like there's, there's these towers that someone deactivates to to cause chaos mm-hmm. that dampen noise because cities have become so loud that people can't live in them. So it's these things that basically use white noise to dampen everything. And he knocks one down and people are just holding their ears and stuff because they can't handle the noise of a city, which I think is really interesting. I thought it was fascinating. Lots of little things like that destroyed in the infrastructure in the first story. Um, to just kind of tell you what the city's like. I thought that was really cool. The second one, he goes into like a dreamscape and he, I'll just show you this thing's face. Oh, Ooh, that's a cool mask. Oh, yeah, that's a cool look, mask. Look at that. Like, Oh, that's cool. Damn. Yeah. I hope you have another um, shot. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Uh, here's a full body shot. If you want it like, Oh, that's still sick as fuck. Nice. It's like an, it's like a nightmare. Someone's nightmare come to life. Yeah. And he has to stop it. Um, so that takes place basically in the dreamscape. And then the last one, he has to protect a specific piece of uh, technology when Rufian shows up and steals it. <laughs> nice. Very now, nightwing, but I love him. Yeah. Right? Okay. Wait, does he have a tail? He has a tail. <laughs> I love him. So he steals it and Serrano, or, or Sereno uh, chases him and they have like a fun fight where he's just like, they're not trying to kill each other. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is he his, is he his Catwoman? Yeah. And then someone else tries to show up and stop them. So they team up to stop the third person. <laughs> Be like, hey, we're having a fair fight. And then uh, Rufian is like, you know, like, um, oh, um, Sereno starts like overloading. He's like, who am I? What am I? Ooh. He's like, blah, blah, blah. And then Rufian. <gasps> <sighs> I know. What? Rufian gives him the cutest little kiss. And he says, Sereno, you're, you're Sereno and you're here. And if you haven't noticed, Sereno has a third eye in his forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, he cries from his third eye and the guy wipes it away. Oh my god, that's too cute. <laughs> and then he leaves and delivers the tear to somebody. Oh. And that's how it ends. Like, this is a really good book. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I was like, I saw it on the shelf and I'm like, mm, CX has never done me wrong. Fuck it, let's go. And yeah, what a book. That was so much fun. Yeah, okay. I'm going to scope it out. And good shot. value. Like I said, 54 pages, dude. Like, nice. really good stuff. And all black and white or gray. <laughs> so, yeah. High recommendations. Next up is Abstract. Uh, congratulations to Terry Moore for uh, completing his Kickstarter project, by the way, because Jesus Christ, that made a lot of money. <laughs> it was great. Uh, but Parker Girls, number six from Terry nice. Moore. Um, we're finding out more about this secret about the the woman that was killed on the boat, and they're still doing the investigation. Um, one of the Parker girls takes the captain, knocks him out, and puts him in a shark cage in the water. 
and he's like, holy crap. And he's just like, what are you doing? And she's interrogating them. That's how she's interrogating them. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. So she just drops the cage underwater and then takes a phone call. And just like, yeah, he's here. Yeah, we're talking. Like, <laughs> All right, one minute and pulls it back up. And he's just like, I'm not going to tell you anything. He'll destroy my family. So they start dumping chum around him so that sharks will circle Fuck yeah. around the shark cage. And finally he talks and then something accidentally happens and the rope snaps. And he just drops into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, it's great. Like. This book has been a lot of fun. I really like this. I've, I Honestly, I've been enjoying this run, but I want to go back and read everything now. Mm-hmm. This is the one that made me want to go back to read like Strangers in Paradise and all that. Okay. Because like, I have the whole run. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I haven't read it in forever. So I think I'm going to go back and read it because, man, this is so much fun. Terry Moore has so much fun with his books. So Next up, Dark Horse. And we're going to talk about one Dark Horse book this week. And it's the finale or is it? It's only Teenage Wasteland number four. Ooh, okay. So, uh, this one, you might remember, is the one where the kids were having a house party. Basically, the world blinks. And oh, yeah. they're, they're in the future, and it's all torn up. And some people have been there longer than others. Like, this guy's sister has been there years, and they've only been there, like, a few days. Um, written by Kurt Pyers, art by Jacoby Salcedo, colors by Mark Dale, and letter by Micah Myers. is really cool, because... They find the source of what happened, we think. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember from issue one, way back in the beginning, they had a friend that they weren't sure if they wanted to invite to the party. Uh, he has um, he has autism or, or something. He's on the spectrum, right? And uh, I don't think they ever actually specifically define what it is. But he um, it turns out he has superpowers. And he was experimenting on a la Eleven in Stranger Things. And when the doctor took him away and was like, I'm going to be your dad now and made him take pills to, you know, keep everything under control. And he was talking about his whole life. He never had friends because he didn't really fit in with anybody. And then these guys were his first real friends and he started to feel normal. So he stopped taking his pills. And then basically he caused this to happen. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of what... What we what we deal with. So also we get like we finally get the main character who is gay. Uh, yes, gets to kiss, and then his sister kisses the guy she likes. So it's double kiss, <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> like, so, it's a good page. Yeah, it was really fun. And at the end, they're like they're all about to die. It's like we got to get out of here. Fucking do something. And the kid who calls everything is fine. Here you fucking go. And we cut to like a newscast, and it's like the Y two K scare. And they come back to December 31st, 1999, and they teleport into his dad's uh, living room. Hi, dad. So they teleported back in time 20 fucking years, basically. Ooh. And yeah, that's going to be the next the next series. Well, that's cool. Which is, it's only Teenage Waste and Y2K is going to be the next one. So I'm happy this isn't over because I really liked it. And when I heard it was four issues, I was like, no, it's too short. So uh, yeah, really, really cool. I'm excited to see where we go from there. Uh, next up is IDW. I got two IDW books. I'm not going to talk too much about this one. Dead Seas, number four. This one with the boat with all the ghosts on it and the convicts and stuff. Uh, written by Kevin Scott, art by Nick Brokenshire, and letter by Sean Lee. I feel like this is either the next to last or there's going to be two more issues. But there's a ghost that they ha- they've been talking about in this special containment cell that they never let out. Mm-hmm. And the ship is sinking. 
and it gets out, and we finally see the ghost. And you might remember these ghosts look fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like the weird baby thing? Yes. Okay. This ghost. Now, keep in mind, all the ghosts are this color. Uh-huh. This ghost. Looks like this. Oh, ooh, that's some good space, space horror shit. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, they get out. That's the climax of the issue, so... Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Next up in IDW, a number one. And I cannot wait to talk about this. Saturday Morning Adventures, Dungeons & Dragons number one. <laughs> For those that don't know, Dungeons & Dragons used to have a cartoon show. I want to say the 80s, maybe the early 90s. Probably the 80s. Oh, yeah. Um, it was about a bunch of kids who rode an amusement park ride. And got teleported to the Forgotten Realms. And now they have special powers there. And they're still little kids. So it's very funny if you play D&D. Imagining like the horrible things your characters have done in D&D. And dropping a bunch of 13 year olds into it. Like, and be like, oh god. like we're, We just murdered a whole village of goblins. <laughs> like, it's very strange. So, But this creative team. Man. Are you ready for this shit? Written by... David M. Boer Ooh. and Sam Maggs. Two of my favorites. Illustrated by George Combadeus. That's cool. Who, who I love. And lettered by Ed Dukeshire. So a solid team. Um, they do right away. They give you an intro to the characters in case you don't know who they are. And what their different powers are. And I just want to take this opportunity to tell everybody that Sheila was one of my first crushes. And I was <laughs> madly in love with Sheila. And it's weird because she's still 13 and I'm not. <laughs> so, God damn it. Um, I was like, oh, I used to love her. Oh, she's a child now. Oh, I don't like that. Also, there's a guy who controls everything called the Dungeon Master. That's him. Oh, he's great. <laughs> uh, but basically, they're like, they're running to this point where they want to get home. But some of them are like, we're actually enjoying it being here. And there's this whole debate as to whether they should go back or not. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's. It's fun. It's hard to describe unless you know the characters, but a lot of the dynamics are still there. It's really good. It's really, really good. Like, and so um, I love it. And again, George Comedias, I love his art. Uh, you guys probably know him from the other books I've talked about, uh, multiple other books that he's uh, done recently. So uh, make sure to check this one out. It's a lot of fun. If you like D&D, if you've never played D&D, it's totally worth a check out. And next is... Scout Comics. Okay, so I have three number ones, <laughs> nice. which means I have received like seven number ones from Scout without a single number two in the past few <laughs> months. Oh, shit. So I'm kind of like, Ugh. the first one, I, I'm going to start on a high because this is the one I think will appeal to host way. It's called We Wicked Ones. Mm-hmm. And this is a David Mack cover. Oh, nice. Yeah. And this is a cool concept that I think you'll like. This is a world where magic is real, where witches exist. And someone basically revealed this and led a charge to have all the witches killed. And there's only a few left, including this one, our main character. And her parents were witches and they were killed. And now she's just, she's out for vengeance, but she's more out to live comfortably. So she uses her existing magic to basically kill people. She's an assassin witch. And 
like like if people are bad guys, she double charges them and shit like that. Like it's great, but she's she'll work for anybody. It's kind of nice. like really okay. ambiguous and like she talks about like the different missions she's done. Like uh, there's a uh, baseball pitcher someone hired to kill because he was a serial abuser. She beat him to death with a baseball bat, like and stuff like that. Like just really really cool. The magic is really well done. She has a spell that basically makes you forget her face, even if you just blink for a second. Um, and she's just a badass. She gives out these cards. Your 10th murder is free. Like, and shit like that. Like, it's a really interesting book. I'm really, really enjoying it. That's cool. And, and it's got, like, the magic lore of it all is very cool, too. And just her character design. Like, this is her in her suit. That, that, that's cool. Yeah. she. There's a character that's kind of similar to Superman, I guess I would say, that she ends up killing. Ooh. And it kind of like paints how truly neutral with everything she is because this guy was the only like superhero to basically say, don't kill all the witches. They don't deserve that. And he protested. So he tried to protect her people. So she just charged the guy who wanted to kill him double. <laughs> basically, she's like, Shit. if you want me to kill him, I'm going to make at least double on this. Like, And she gave him a really peaceful uh, death, which actually let me get the description of the death because it stuck with me. <laughs> so <laughs> she basically gave him a poison, essentially. And um, she said, the pleasant death, magical neuron stimulation, a mass release of good brain chemicals, a feeling so good that your brain short circuits. Imagine the feeling of accomplishing every goal you've ever had while making a billion dollars in the middle of an orgasm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's the nicest way I've ever killed somebody. It was the least I could do. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck. So, yeah. Really enjoyed that one. The next book is called Granite State Punk. Mm-hmm. And this one is about a society of witches who are hiding from... What? I'm not kidding, either. Like, it really is. Uh, written and created by Travis Gibb. Art by Patrick Bergamer. Uh, letters by Jerome Gognon. Now, I should be clear. These are not similar books at all. <laughs> it's okay. just funny they happen to be both about witches. Yeah. Um, this one's about this guy who's recently out on parole. He's got an ankle monitor. The art is very punk. It's very like indie and edgy yes okay cool cool and basically he's it's him and it's this girl that he um his girl he hooks up with ember and he's under house arrest and basically his whole day is going to aa because that's the only time they let him leave the house um comes home she comes over they have sex he goes to sleep and he's just like every day is the fucking same and he's just ready to end it and he gets this instinct to start digging in his backyard for some reason. And he digs up this massive pit of human skulls. Holy wait, what? Yes. Good splash page. And what, what he has, what he realizes, I think a lot of his memories were like, were like, uh, suppressed. Mm -hmm. What he realizes is that his parents were witches and he was supposed to be like the, the prince of witches basically. Huh. But in traditional punk fashion, he's just like, fuck you, mom and dad. I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. And basically it seems like for, for no reason other than fuck you. Like basically, which I thought was great. Um, his girl Ember shows up and drops the veil over her appearance. Cause she looked kind of like a little methy to me, mm -hmm. but she shows up and reveals that she's a witch and stabs him. Oh shit. And basically is like, you'll be the hundredth uh, skull. She reveals this whole lore because this is set in like, I want to say New Hampshire because that's the Grand State, right? Yeah, New Hampshire. Uh, basically, when the Salem trial with Trafalgar started, 
All the witches just went to New Hampshire and they set up this spell to protect them, but it needs a hundred sacrifices. And they actually kind of imply that they wiped out the local native population mm-hmm. by just because people paid them to kill the natives to get rid of them, but they also use them for their sacrifices. Um, so he's the hundredth skull to keep it going. Long story short, that doesn't go well for them. This one is a one shot, by the way. Uh, okay. So it does resolve. I won't spoil the end, but the best part is the very end is you find out this whole story he's telling the entire time is him in front of his AA group telling his story. And everybody's like, what the fuck? I'm like, the so, fuck? <laughs> so that was pretty funny. And then my final scout number one of the week is Miracle Kingdom. I really liked this one. Mm. It had a cool hook. So let's talk about it. Um, written by Michael David McCarthy, art by Alonso Molina Gonzalez, colors by Ichsan Ansori, and letter by Lucas Gatoni. It's like this guy, and he has this like terrible office, and um, he is, uh, I want to say his cover is that he's a an accountant. Yeah, he's an accountant. And, but people come to him when they have problems. But they seem to be problems of like a spiritual nature mm-hmm. um, where he solves these issues. And um, for instance, there was a quote, bitter stage magician fired by the casino. So he used actual magic to basically win all the money from them until they ran into this guy, this guy you, counter magic and basically caused him to lose all his money. Like he kind of <laughs> does that. Like imagine like a more spiritual Constantine, you know what I mean? Like, okay. And more good, more driven by good. So, Basically, there's this guy who's a cult leader, and he took this poor woman's uh, son who was in a wheelchair and made him able to walk. And so he follows this guy now instead. And she's like, there's something wrong with this guy. There's something iffy about it. And this dude starts investigating is basically what it is. Um, It's really interesting. And there's a lot of, like, spy hardware in this, like like a, a contact that does certain things for him when he needs it, things like that. And in the end, the the really crazy part is it's like he has to check with upstairs to check about this mission. And he goes, got a hunch they'll tell the whole story. Time to find out. And then he just fucking teleports. And I'm believing he went to heaven. Is that oh, what I think happened? Yeah. So I think it's like he works as an angel or something. Huh. Really cool. I liked it. I liked the art a lot. It was a lot of fun. So. And this is a series? Yes, this one okay. is a series. The only one that was a one shot was the Granite, uh, Granite, Granite State Punk. Okay. So, yeah. Cool stuff, though. And next up, let's open the vault. Yes. Okay. First of all, we should mention, we both picked up Songs for the Dead Afterlife. I've not read the series yet. Mm-hmm. I picked it up because I know I want to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josue did not get a chance to read it yet. So we're not reviewing it, but you all should pick it up. We're just going to put that out there because it's gorgeous. Yeah. I also plan to, to recap on the first two volumes that I do have. And that's, that's, that's why I don't want to just like jump into the finale one shot. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, just flipping through the art. It's absolutely beautiful. Check it oh, out. It's awesome. Yeah. So that said, let's start with a spoiler free review of one, the return of one of our favorites that Hostway forgot to read. Uh, I know. <laughs> Money shot comes again. Number one. <laughs> Written by Tim Seeley, drawn by Giselle Lagas, colored by Carlos Badia, and letter by Crank. I just want to talk about um, how amazing all the artists for Money Shot for Money Shot have been from the beginning. Okay, like I've really, I've really enjoyed all the artists, and they've done a really great job. But 
Giselle is someone I absolutely adore. And I'm so excited to see Giselle dip into something like this. And the reason for that is, is Giselle used to write a webcomic that was one of my favorite, or draw webcomic. I think she wrote it too. Um, one of my favorite webcomics of all time. And I still go back and read it sometimes because I absolutely love it. It's called Menage a Trois. Mm-hmm. And it's about a guy with two female roommates. And it's just a really sexy, fun comic. It's just so good. Um, it's really funny. And it's also really relatable at times. It's very, um, it's very uh, openly like, like accepting of all of all sexualities. Nice. Um, I think the first sex scene is actually two guys, if I remember correctly. Cool. I think it's like comic one, in fact. But um, there's, there's, you know, and there's, there's a lot of little stuff like that, and everybody's open to exploring their sexuality, and they're very funny, but they're also really well, well done characters. And Chiselle's also a wrestling fan, so there's a lot of wrestling references. And it's basically built for me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Giselle's art might look very familiar because it can be very similar to the Archie style. And there's a reason for that. Look it up. Uh, but I won't get into that. But I love Giselle's art. So Giselle took over the art for this arc of Money Shot, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, spoiler free. I um, Let me see here. I'm, I'm double checking actually what Adrian said. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, uh, do not. Okay. First six pages are fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, things have changed for our money shot people. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one I'll tell you about because it's the only one in the first six is um, Doug. Yeah. And. Uh, God, I always remember their porn names. <laughs> like um, Doug and Annie. Two our two favorites, basically. Yeah. Um, they are in a relationship now. Oh, get out. And they're like, are are we gonna stop sleeping with other people? <laughs> are we just gonna sleep with each other? Which is an arc. <laughs> because it's like, holy <laughs> crap. Cause yeah. Um everybody else is in different positions, is what I'll say. Hmm. This okay. is probably the most irreverent and hilarious volume already (laughs) there's a lot of jokes a lot of references to other things which you'll see when you read the book i don't want to spoil Mm -hmm. it but it really leads itself very well into giselle's art style i think and there is i will say there is a shout out to president kirk uh, (laughs) okay which yeah good because fuck that guy um so yeah a lot of characters come back that we love whether it's like a cameo or like a full-on thing and um i will say for six issues yes somebody got canceled <laughs> that's what i'll say it's not who you think <laughs> so uh, but yeah it's really fun i really enjoyed it everybody check out money shot comes again i love money shot hostway loves money shot it's one yeah. of our favorite vault it's the one that got us into vault yeah it was the first book we read from vault and then that's when we like really seriously read and then we we buy everything. So funny that we seriously read this funny shot. <laughs> I know, like with all the shit they put out, it's just like, um, okay, the funny the funny sex book. Okay, I mean that that kind of. And I only picked it up because it was bagged on the wall, and I was like, I got to know what's under that bag. Okay, so <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so money shot comes again, coming out from Vault soon. We will give it a full review when it is out. Yes, and Hostway will read the the link I sent. Absolutely. You. So next up. Books we can actually talk about. Godfell, number two. Uh, 
Christopher Sabella, Ben Hennessy, Vittorio Estone, and Jim Campbell. Ah, this is so cool. Our our heroes delve into the god's body and are immediately beset upon by just creepy bad guys. <laughs> and it's just like, it's really cool. They're really like, uh, they're really disturbing bad guys is what I'll say. And the, um, the whole focus of this issue really is the like developing relationship between these two characters and like how they're working together and maybe not minding each other quite a bit. You know what I mean? I also love that they keep surrounding themselves with expendable characters because people can die. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's cool. You know, I, I'm not being sarcastic. That's actually a good storytelling method to make it a cool violet book without having to kill one of our main characters. It also delves into religion and how religion like can shift its beliefs to be to basically what's popular right now, which I think is great because I that fucking drives me crazy about religion. So it was fun to see that. Where it's like, yeah, they used to be completely different. And then a god fell and they decided, oh, well, we're going to change our complete belief system around this. So I really liked it. I love the two main characters. They're just, they, they bounce off each other really cool. And I'll just say the final page gave me a lot of hope for the next issue because I think it's <laughs> going to be a blast. So <laughs> what did you think? Um, I love how, like, or may, maybe they'll come back and, and, and that'd be cool. Like, they kind of are like, maybe hunting them down. Um, but I love how like episodic it was. Like we get like the first issue, a lot of exploitation. Um, we're gonna cut through the god, the, the god fell for like the shortcut. Uh, so yeah, so, yeah, why not explore like all this crazy shit that's like lingering in there? And this case, it was like this crazy cold that they had to get through. Um, when they're escaping and like they found like the 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 group of like the secluded women that just like yeah. found <laughs> found their their little hole to just like escape to. I fucking love them. Like that that was a cool um a cool moment. And then it's like, like, and, and like, in a good, like, in a bad way, but in a good episode fashion, it's like, I felt bad. <laughs> Fuck you for making me care for the caterpillar at the end. That was fucked up. It didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's great. It's almost like, it's almost like a D&D campaign. Yeah. Let's see what comes next. Right. Yeah. I really like it. Like, I could see someone adapting the entire God's body as a big dungeon. And that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, and the whole, like, just like, just, just for just. My my head can the the Zena Gabriel just like aspect of these two characters is what's oh. like I love about it. One hundred percent. There, it's also got kind of vibes of like Elise and Yolanda stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of got that too. So good stuff. We love it. So speaking of love it, oh man, you have to give us a second because yeah. this is the end of one of our favorites. And this cover, god damn, that cover is just... Heart Eyes number five. Good. I got that cover, but I also got this one. Because it's the final issue. Mm-hmm. So, Heart Eyes number five. Let's talk about it. Written by Dennis Hopeless. Art by Victor Ibanez. Closed by KJ Diaz and letter by Simon Bolin. Ah, I love this book. <laughs> like, I just love her so much. And just to go on this ride with her... And to find out what she's like and, you know, what, what she has to do with it all. But she's not lost in it. You know what I mean? Like, it was more of a character, like, conflict than anything else. I thought it was really good. Um, and I really like the resolution. I will say this. If I met her, I would probably risk it, too. <laughs> you know, I'd probably be like... I could probably die at any minute, but 
I mean, the world sucks right now anyways, and you're really cute, so I'm going to take a shot. So respect. Respect to that person. So, yeah, really good. Obviously, the big thing, you know, the monster design, the art is so good. Everything about it is just insane and just really gruesome and creepy and almost disorienting, but in a good way. This has been a great run. I really enjoyed this book. Um, and it, it does really suck that Lupe, you know, it's over. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like that's it. I know. It's like, oh, and it's, they made it very clear. The complete series collection. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> they're like, it's not coming back. Like, I'm like, oh, but I really like it. I really, I really dug it. And um, yeah, so good. What do you think? I love that in the end, like, it's like, nobody's perfect. I, I, like this kid, like had like this, like super winded way of like, just trying to say, listen to me, which is like, it's already kind of like, not, I, I mean, kind of toxic, but again, like he thought he had all the answers, but he was, how that how they come together is just like he was also just just as alone like with, with everything like all the, the whole bunker with everything to offer it was just as alone and just like had like none of the social skills to really try to convey what he was really trying to say that, that's why like i say it just felt like not winded but in in a good way for like that's how the character just is like they're both they're both just super flawed characters um but Lupus is just perfect anyway uh but i, I love that the mo- like I, I i love that after all of that after all of this nothing was gonna stop the monsters like in all of her rage like i love that they just easily broke through everything uh and just like it's just like oh, i just i love her power she's just so fucking cool um but yeah a gr- great series i just like i'm one i'm really gonna miss I'm gonna sad to see her go <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> All right, well, it's time to talk about Image. And um, got a couple, not the longest list in the week, in the uh, in the year. There we go. Whatever <laughs> I'm trying to say. Uh, Local Man, number two. Written by Tony Fleeks and Tim Seeley. What a team, by the way. Uh, art by Tony Fleeks and Brad Simpson with colors, with other art by Tim Seeley, with colors by Felipe Sobrero. Um, this is the one about the traditional Image-style superhero. So once again, we get like a short story <laughs> of him. But then this is the real comic. Gotcha. Where he was fired as a hero and goes back to his hometown. In this issue, he's arrested because they think he killed his his arch nemesis who also lives in the town. But he has a uh, alibi. It happens to be the police chief's wife. <laughs> so that's <laughs> not great. Um, so he's dealing with that. He's dealing with the fact that in the last issue, the, the heroes told him he can't basically be a hero anymore. He's forbidden. Like they have a cease and desist. Mm-hmm. He goes and meets his arch nemesis's uh, nemesis mother who knows him and likes him. And you find out that the guy picked him as his arch nemesis because they knew they would, he knew they would never get real between them. And they would never hurt each other. It's just kind of fun. So she 100% believes he didn't kill him. But we do find out that the leader of the superhero group he was in, when he attacked this arch nemesis of the hero, he basically caved his skull in, and he was basically never the same. He had brain damage from that point forward. Mm-hmm. And she she hates that guy for that. And this is the guy that fired the, the Crossjack, the local man. Oh, shit. And so she basically is like, good job. Way to fuck his wife. And she kind of implies that's why he got fired. And he's like, that's not. And she just interrupts him. So I'm, I'm like, is that what happened? Huh. Like, we still don't really know exactly what happened. Where she's like, good for you fucking his wife. Fuck that guy, basically. So it's really interesting. It's him, you know, it's it's that it's that pain of like having to go home and live with your parents again. 
mm-hmm. but also you're a superhero. Like it's it's really a great story oh, as far as that goes. I really like it. It's been a lot of fun. So definitely check it out. It's very like it's very fun. It's a very fun image book. Cool. Because sometimes image gets bogged down and being very serious. This is a very fun book. So, mm. but it's also very dramatic. Uh, next up is a number one. Oof, oof. Indigo Children number one. Um. So, this is where's your crib to him? There you are. Uh. So written by Kurt Pyers. Actually, none of these are labels. So I'll just say the names: Kurt Pyers, Rockwell White. Alex Diodoto, D. Kunif, Hassan Atsmani Al-Hau. Um, so I'm very happy to get this book, uh, if for no other reason than Kurt Pyers was writing uh, It's Only Teenage Wasteland, and that just ended. So now I have another oh, Kurt Pyers sure, cool. book. So, um, That's right. I love this book. I love the way it plays with uh, the timeline. Sometimes it comes off kind of lame when you jump back and forth in time to tell a story it feels like oh okay i get it not, not a time travel story but you know what i mean like, yeah yeah but i thought it was really well done in this one and it's really interesting it, it's given me vibes already of the and you'll have to forgive me because i cannot remember the name of it but do you remember that book about the monkeys and the dog that were sitting in space primordial it's given me primordial vibes mm-hmm. a little bit maybe because it's russian there's russian involved and maybe yeah. that's part of it <laughs> But it's also like some of the some of the design, like these nine box pages and stuff like yeah. that. I, I really, really like it. And I love the potential of what's going to happen here. It sets up a lot of really nice stuff. And it's a cool mystery. Like, uh, I, I think that's really dope as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked it. What did you think? Um, just want to shout out the I, I found everybody with the with the title. And it's like literally like the back, back, back. The last. Page. Oh, OK, gotcha. Why would they do the credits twice? That's weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Kurt Pyers and Rocco White are the story. Kurt Pyers with the script. Alex Diodo's line art, D kind of color art, and Hassan Atsman El Hal letter. We knew D kind of and Hassan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know that. So. Um, but the book, yeah, though, um, it, it, it is, it, it's so fucking good. I'm, I'm actually really happy I jumped on board with it, too, because it is a mystery of, like, with... Not, I, I guess, like, yeah, what well, well, we're going to just calling calling them just like supernatural powers. I'm going by them. I mean like the actual powers itself is because like you want to say powers, but it's like, does it want to play into like the superhero aspect? Maybe not yet, but I love there's like a mystery to be solved or it's like why these kids are, are, are in hiding. There's like a, a good mystery tone to it while be, while including these, I, I, the only way I can put it are, is like these supernatural powers, but it doesn't really do- delve into like ghosts and shit. I mean, like there's like T- sci-fi TK stuff. Yeah. But so it's like, yeah. I mean that we all allude to that. Uh, but it, it's cool how like we're going to like these like these back and forth stories, uh, all these like for like the prologue was like to to set up this cool mystery. Like in the end, like it kind of um, it resolves itself or, or it gives you the answer. But I wonder if we're gonna get these teases like this for maybe other children. Maybe I I think it's interesting that the this child outright tells us his origin. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because that's the kind of thing that could show up about issue four or five mm-hmm. normally. But it's like, no, we're not wasting time. This is what's what he's saying is. So to me, I'm like, we find out so early, is that the truth? Mm, you know what one. I mean? Like, or is it like, or does he not know? Like, I, I think it's really interesting. And if it is, it's it opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Um, yeah, very fun book. I really I'm really glad I picked it up. So Yeah, me too. Yeah. From a number one to a final issue. <sighs> Blood stained teeth number ten. 
Story by Christian Ward. Art by Patrick Reynolds. Colors by Heather Moore. Letters by Hassan Atsumani Alhau. I loved this book. This this whole run has been really fun. And I like it got ridiculous for a while, which we had a lot of fun with, like mm-hmm. the, the Sip Vampire Chef. Yeah. And stuff like that. But the Batman. Then, yeah, but now we're kind of like more grounded. We're back to being grounded. and Or not grounded. Grounded's not the word because it's fucking vampires. Um, now we're back to basically like, let's get to the story. It's going to be serious for the most part. A lot of shit's going to go down. And it definitely comes to a definitive end. I was, I was surprised by how definitive the end was. You know, mm-hmm. um, made me sad. You know, <laughs> like because I liked that character is what I'll say, without spoiling too much. You know what I mean? Um, I love the Alex Star bit, which is like <laughs> basically they revealed the only time Atticus has ever been happy is listening to Alex Star play. Which is like a, a David Bowie character. Yeah, absolutely. It really, the fact that they went through centuries of just like, I mean, I guess, like being being a vampire is exciting, but for how long? And like the fact that he was just like bored throughout the decades into centuries, and it's like until Alex Star came around. I love that everybody keeps asking him, "Are you ever happy?" <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, "Are you happy?" <laughs> like I really like that. Um, I loved the Doctor's arc. I thought she was a cool character from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um. Just really cool. Just a really fun story. It has potential for the future, too, because there's obviously a new struggle going on. You know, there's a power shift here. So if they want to do something with it, obviously, there's something they can do. And I really like that. So, yeah, really good book. Really good ending. Great book all the way through. Never, never lagged. Didn't feel like it stuck around too long. Didn't feel like it ended too quickly. I thought it was pretty much perfectly paced. What'd you think? Yeah, no, like, uh, writing, writing this along for, like, the 10 issues month to month and not remember, remembering if their favorite took a break. Um, yeah, like, it was, it stayed consistent. It was it was very fun all, all the way along. So, so I'm actually excited for the people who read it as a trade because I'm sure, I mean, like, getting everything condensed, getting everything concise it would be just be so fucking rad. Um, but the book itself was really, was really dope. Uh, the Like I said, like, the, the Dr. Bay, like, just getting, like, all these, like, endings, like, while, while, while it came, like, we thought it was we had the potential for it to grow to to go on for forever basically but getting all these like at least some of these loose ends like like at least like tighten them up was actually like really uh it, it, it was done really well like fucking mr even mr tooth uh like lasting the whole fucking series like how relentless that piece of shit was uh but i kind of sometimes i would root for him because of just like how menacing he was and how like just like unapologetic he's like yo i fucking know i'm ugly so i'm just gonna beat the shit out of you like nothing you can say will fucking hurt me so i'm just gonna bash you back so uh he was just like that i, I love that he was just relentless and yeah the, the last moments were, were actually really nice like I, I'm, I'm a fan for vampire stories ending on notes like that yeah i think i am too so all right our final image book the book we always close the image with when it comes out <sighs> and i have a story before, okay. we, before we jump in but i'll tell you what book it is it's love six six um by Luana Vecchio. We'll get that all the way too. So um Samurai was sold out. Mm-hmm. Samurai Chandler was sold out. I went to Greg's. Do you have Love Six Six? We just sold out. Damn it. I need this book. I said Luana's gonna be mad at me, is what I said. Oh no. Um, and and um I'm sitting there like, oh, man, that sucks. And then the guy next to me goes, looks at me, and he looks in his stack. He's like, here, and takes a copy out and hands it to me. Oh, shit. He's like, 
I had a cover A, and he held this cover for me in case I wanted it. So I actually have two copies. Aw. And I was like, thank you. So he didn't give me the cover A. Mm-hmm. He gave me this variant. Yes. I consider that variant. We had it yes. in the shop. So thank you, random stranger who did not introduce yourself. You're the man. <laughs> and awesome. you're the reason I'm able to review this book this week. Because that was my last comic book store. Dang. So, um. I really liked this issue. It might be my favorite issue. Ooh, okay. Because it delves so much into her. Yes. And who she is. I think it really is the one that dives dives the most into her motivations, uh, specifically regarding the relationship with this guy. Um, And what she actually, you know, feels and, like, what she's trying to get out of it. And, like, I definitely feel like she had a lot of agency in this. And I really enjoyed that. Um and I, I don't hate him as much. I mean, I don't like him. Yeah. But I definitely am like, he seems to genuinely like her. A little bit. He's still a fucking asshole. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? And obviously the gore and stuff has never been my thing. But I, honestly, when I read this, I'm not, I'm not seeing that half the time. I'm not really, like, seeing the blood splatter and stuff like that. It's not something that I really like process like that i don't get grossed out i guess because that's not the point of the scene you know what i mean I'm, i can fall so much into the story that it doesn't really bother me uh, and it's really interesting because it's a pretty gory book mm-hmm. you know um but i do like how this is the issue kind of bridging this past story of them to the present and it definitely kind of like talks more to her current motivations and what happened to them and how the relationship changed multiple times throughout. And I thought it was really cool and compelling. And I really, really liked it. Um, it also tells us why she's doing what she's doing, which I thought was really cool too. So uh, good stuff. I really enjoyed this issue. Like it might be my favorite issue of the series so far. What did you think? It, oh God, it's, it's, I love how always so happy. Like, like I keep saying like how this book is just one of my favorites, favorites out right now, just because of just how fucking ballsy Luana is just like throwing all of this out like page after page. Um, but I love it. I, I love, I love, I, I love fucking hating Jack, but it's like, but not in the same way that Domino does. And, but yeah, but I, I, but getting to the story, I do love that. We just, we do get some of these, like more of the motivations revealed. Like we're on the third, third issue of like the, of um, they did the monster mash series, uh, um, story arc. And it's just, I know how disturbing it was at first. And like, diving into like the the sense of control that Jack has over her and um and, and now diving into just um what Domino wants to do with this like what um it's almost like she it's like she's just, like she views like Jack as like as like as like her world is almost like that's where like it, it went it, it started for her but it it did like so that's who she chose but it's like is is there going to be some sort of a re- revenge plot? Is she willing to, to, to fully destroy her, her own world, like to get to him at the end? Cause like, it's almost like, sort of re- I guess there's like almost like a re- sense of revenge. Like it's so dysfunctional now that like when they're, when it's good, it, it immediately just goes back to being bad. Like it's like, there's, there's no holding back. It's like Jack thinks he did something good. They get laid. And then just because she doesn't agree, he just like snaps again, almost like th- thinking he has that full control again, but it's like, I, I don't I don't know where, where Domino's gonna go with it. Um we have like just like one more issue. So it's like we <laughs> I don't know where, where where this could possibly end. 
um, I still don't have like the full read on like their relationship, I guess. So it's like, I, I don't know, but, but I love it. I love it so much because it's like of how just like, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but I love being like in the position I'm put being with this book. Yeah. I, um, and also I should mention Luana's essays at the ends are always great. And I think the final line of this one is just perfect, which is really we're talking about two people who show their love by manipulating each other. Yeah. And the thing is, is we all know a couple like that. They might not be cannibals. They might not kill people. <laughs> yeah. But we all know a couple that show their love by manipulating each other. Mm-hmm. So that's incredibly relatable. And if you can kind of put it in that perspective, that's what I really like about it is I'm like, yeah, I can see that. And I see every time I see- have friends like that, neither one is the good guy. You know what I mean? It's never mm-hmm. one's good and one's bad. And it just adds this interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's just fascinating. Like, so, yeah, I'm really excited to see where we go. Like, man, Luana's killing it. All right, you ready for DC? Yes. Let's talk about DC Comics. And I'm going to start with a couple of solos. DC Ruby number two. Mm. Uh, written by Marguerite Bennett. Art by Megan Hetrick. Colored by Marisa Louise. Letter by Morgan Martinez. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it. Basically, Batman brings the Ruby crew back to the Bat Cave. They meet Batgirl, Nightwing, Catwoman. Catwoman loves uh, Blake because she's a cat faunus. So she's like, hey, I like you. Um, it's just kind of a fun thing. One of the hooks, of course, is that everybody in Gotham is starting to get superpowers. So like Batman has precognition now. Of course. So he, he can fight better. Alfred gets a power. What? Where his power is, if he needs something, he has it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just the most butler power I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's the most convenient butler power ever. Literally Catwoman sitting there talking to them. And he and he offers her. Let me let me see if I can find it here. Because it made me laugh. I was like, "Wow, that's strangely specific for him to have on hand." Um, a bottle of Louis Roderer Crystal Rosé and a Chilean sea bass with caper sauce and caramelized onions. She's like, "Alfred, even you aren't this good." He's like, "I seem to have developed a new ability to manifest whatever I need the moment I need it." <laughs> like, like, and he uses it to give them food. It's the most Alfred thing ever. But basically, so the Grimm, the monsters from Ruby, are drawn to negative emotion. That's why they all came to Gotham, because Gotham is so fucking miserable, Jeez. basically. <laughs> and they're all centered around the most negative, awful place in Gotham, Arkham Asylum. And they find out that all the villains there now have superpowers. So that's kind of where we leave off. So it's fun. I really like it. So next up, Dark Knights of Steel, number 10. Ooh. I got this cover. Nice. Because they're adorable and the best couple in this universe. So. Oh, boy. Here we go. Written by Tom Taylor. Art by Yasmin Putri. Colored by Reef Prianto. And letter by Wes Abbott. This is a really good issue. Uh, in the last issue, we found out that Martian Manhunter is there. And he's been... Basically, Alfred has been Martian Manhunter the entire time. Mm-hmm. And we find out that all these evil bad guys doing stuff like the good guys seemingly doing evil things have been white Martians masquerading as them. Okay. So that's why all these people are dead. They also point out that the Kings or the leaders of all three nations are dead now because, um, Superman's dad's dead. Uh, black lightning's dead and Hippolyta died in the last issue. So oh, they literally yeah. killed all the rulers. Um, and we get the backstory of like the greens versus the white Martians and why it occurred and everything like that. It's really interesting. Uh, one interesting point is, they're interrogated by three queens 
uh, or he's interrogated by three queens. And then it's so it's um, it's uh, Clark's mom, uh, Diana, because she's the queen of the Amazons now, and uh, Black Lightning's wife. Mm. And so they're interrogating him. And then who comes in but Poison Ivy? Mm. And she's like, you know, uh, the force comes with me if the world is threatened. She should have a representative of the world. So it's like literally like four queens interrogating an alien. Really cool. Um, and you just find out, yeah, it's these white Martians and they impersonate people, et cetera, et cetera. And then we see the um, the Green Man, which was Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. If you remember correctly, with a Green Lantern ring. Okay. Um, he's he's like freaking out in the forest, not sure. His ring is talking to him, and it's like. We can't. The ring says we can't allow so much power to be held by a man who believes inanimate objects speak to him. And you go, what? And then you just see him just get absolutely murked by this white Martian. Oh fuck! Okay. And then the white Martian takes the ring and is now powered up. So Ooh. two more issues. This book has been great. Nice. Next up, Harley Quinn twenty-eight, the beginning of the new era. Mm-hmm. Written by Teeny Howard. Art by Sweeney Boo. Letters by Steve Wands. And that's it. Oh, yeah. Sweeney Boo does the colors, too. I need to adjust. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't dislike it. It definitely exceeded my expectations. Because, as you know, I'm not a Harley Quinn fan. Right. Um, and I'm saying this for our audience as much as anybody else. But I'm not a Harley Quinn fan. I've never really liked the character very much. Um, but Stephanie Phillips did a really good job of making me love that character. Um. I'm a big Teeny Howard fan, so I expect I would like this a lot. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's going to be good on its own. It's just going to be. It's going to be a moment of adjustment. I'm still going to keep getting it. Um, I love the art. I love Sweeney Boo's art always. Harley does kind of like go back to like being a little bit more of a criminal, but I I think it sets it sets it up for a specific reason. Long story short, she gets um, community service teaching at a community college. Hmm. and that's like the hook and kevin mentioned he's going to go to community college so it's probably gonna be the same school and it's gonna be this whole thing um but and then also she makes the point that her and ivy live together now and ivy's out of town at the moment so oh, oh, okay but the big hook of the the, the run and i really kind of like this is that harley quinn basically is fighting i think she's fighting two-face and he takes her mallet away from her so she reaches over and finds basically like a joker fish mm-hmm. and hits him with it and ends up winning the day. It's like, cool, I won. And you find out from this like goddess-like character that she's just like, that doesn't belong here. You pulled that from another universe. And basically reveals Harley can pull things from other universes. Huh. And she's affecting the natural flow of time. So that fish was basically the chosen weapon of some hero. And he needed it right then. And she stole it from him. And he ended up losing a fight he was supposed to win. Or something. Oh, no shit. But like, so yeah, that's interesting. Creating these little pockets for but specifically for, for that. That's a, mm, okay. But it's it's cool because it's Harley Quinn, so her breaking fourth walls makes sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I think that's fun. Again, I absolutely really love the art, and even if I didn't really care for the story, which I like it, I like it. I, the art would keep me because just like Sweeney Boo's Harley is so cute. Ooh, yeah. Like I really like her. Like that's outside of costume. You know what I mean? Like, um, and then there's Kevin. <laughs> nice. Looking like a big bear. Yeah. <laughs> Love him. So, really cool stuff. I, I I am enjoying it. So, yes, you got me. I will continue to buy Harley Quinn. Next up. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this. 
Teen Titans Robin. Ooh, nice. By Kami Garcia and Gabriel Piccolo. Um, this is the fourth of the Teen Titans graphic novels, YA graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one being uh, Raven. Second one being Beast Boy. And the third one being Beast Boy Loves Raven. <laughs> this one is Robin, and it's about Damien. So basically, Damien helps save the two of them from the bad guys, along with uh, Raven's adopted sister, uh, who is the necromancer. Basically, that's her abilities. And this is them on the run. Well, Dick is worried about Damien. In this one, they, they don't make it clear if Jason and Tim exist, but it's kind of implied they don't because it's implied that Dick is his only kid before Damien's brought over. So basically, Damien's like, you're stealing my dad. That's my dad. He already has you. You're the perfect son. You're the son he wants, all this stuff. So that's why he goes off on his own. And Dick is like, I want to get to know and protect my brother. So this whole book is about like brotherhood bonding, really. But in that unique way where Damien is kind of a little shit. Um, <laughs> I love the way that, that Cammy writes Damien because he's not too much of a little shit. Like he's he's kind of fun. And he gets along with his friends quite a bit. It's just Dick he's mean to. Um, okay. and, and just because of that, you know, like that, that jealousy, um, I absolutely love these character designs. They are never, they never miss, um, like Raven, like always looks cool. Actually here, let me show you, uh, like this is Dick's like streetwear. Oh, that's cool. Like, it's almost like, like Kami's got to have really good sense of style. Cause, or I mean, Gabriel, I mean, because he always picks like an outfit that makes a lot of sense to the characters. Like here's a shot of the four main. Like Ooh, you kind of cool. like get an idea of how they yeah, look. Really cool. At one point when uh, Beast Boy, they're they're basically they're living on a beach for a while. Uh, Beast Boy gets swim trunks and they're like little, like little tight trunks. And I'm like, yeah, he would wear those. You know what I mean? Like that makes a lot of sense. So, um, it's it's really fun, and I think it's cool. And I'm excited to see where it goes because the next one is going to be Starfire. Um, they oh, tease nice. her in this issue, and I'm excited to see where she comes in. So, uh, also, we do get the first bit of art of Starfire, and I love the design already. Like oh, they tone so, her down a bit. So like, cute. yeah. Uh, so they're going to be going into Los Angeles. The only problem is that doesn't come out to 2024. Damn. And, and I'm like, Jesus, like so. But everybody picked this up. I bought I, when I bought it. I bought one for my niece as well because she's been reading the books as well. And she read it in the first day and really, really enjoyed it. So, uh, Next up, Blue Beetle Graduation Day. Oh, so we bought it. Hasn't had a chance to read it. Uh, written by Josh Trujillo. I shouldn't start reading credits before I actually get to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, written by Josh Trujillo. Art by Adrian Gutierrez. Clever Winkett, Will Quintana, and letter by Lucas Gattoni. Um, I'm going to be spoiler light, both because Josue hasn't read it and because it is the penultimate issue. Basically, all the good guys get on the same page, essentially, is what happens. Um, the other Beatles we discover aren't necessarily bad guys. And it looks like we're probably going to get a team up, which is cool as hell because it's basically big bad Beetleborgs. And I love that. So let's Fuck go. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Like, because they're just color coded suits of armor shaped like Beatles. And I'm like, fuck yes. I love it. Um, lots of characters make an appearance in this, including like Jessica Cruz and stuff. So. They they do speak they do uh, pick a lot of characters that speak Spanish so there's a lot of chunks of Spanish I know you appreciate that but you're gonna read the Spanish version anyway so I'll yeah. be Spanish to you but yeah I really liked it one issue to go so I'm not gonna give too much detail but I am excited to see what's gonna happen 
And that takes us to Dead Boy Detectives number four. Pretty Boy Detectives. Well, one of them's pretty. One of them's not looking great. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, written by Porn Sock Pachote. Uh, guest star by Javier Rodriguez. Uh, Jeff Stokely and Craig Telefier with additional art. Uh, colors by Mikel Muerto and letters by Hassan Atzmane El Hau. Um, we basically we do get a another highlight issue, um, which I I'm really appreciating that we're getting to know these other ghost characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I really think that's really cool. Um, and this one's like the backstory is so sad about like this family that leaves Thailand to come to the U S cause it's better in the U S but I can totally relate to what she's saying of like, at least in Thailand, they care. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, fuck, no kidding. It's like, yeah, things are bad, but they're bad because we're trying to get change. Not because we're lulled into security by capitalism, <laughs> essentially, you know, like, and I'm yeah. like, fuck, I feel that. And it was just really, inter- really interesting, really sad. And I was like, man. And then the way she died, good God. Like, I was like, it's just, it's, it's too relatable in this day and age. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just hated it. But in a good way. Like, I liked the story. And it was a really, really sad end for Jai. I, like, yeah, fucking hell, man. <laughs> like, um, this book has been a really good emotional ride. And, uh, man... I hope that's not the end is what I'll say. So we'll see. Uh, what did you think? It, I mean, it was a very powerful issue. Um, I, again, I, I, I still really, really love uh, Melvin, but I love it's like the, the focal on, on, on Jai and just like, and yeah, just like, just like having that window where it's just like uh, in the land of opportunity, but it's just like fucking it is so hard for so many. And, and, and she had like every, like it's got every reason, just like every right to just like, opened up and like the way she did it just it just it, just, it fucking sucks and it's like the fact that it wasn't fair for her like it's like nobody really asked her what she wanted though she had no choice but nobody asked her if she wanted to stay where she was comfortable where she was like happy where she was accepted and, uh man yeah a, a, a very powerful issue porn sock is just has been one <laughs> a rising writer uh for us uh, here and uh, I, I just love him uh, also i love a bit where in the end like they kind of like the pretty boys get blasted like into like the cubes where it's like, but they've been in the game so long. I like that. It's like, it didn't, it wasn't a lingering thing for the next one. They were just like piecing themselves together. Cause like they've been ghosts for so long. It's like, Oh, well this is just like, it's a diversion, but the socks, but it's like, I like that we lingered on that. It's like certain things I just, I like to see play out. It's almost like, they're, Oh God damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and also, and also, like we had a the 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 guest artist with the uh, with with the Javier, but and and like and very noticeable. I love that. I love that Jeff Stokely came back at the last page. Very much so. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, and next up, two of the oldest series in DC, Detective Comics ten seventy. Yes. Um. So. I liked this issue. I will say that. Uh, mm-hmm. Written by Rom V, art by Stefano Rafali. Colors by Adrian and Lucas, a letter by Ariana Mayer. Uh, you mentioned the tease of the Catwoman Batman thing was in this issue. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, so <laughs> but they're not allowed to be happy elsewhere. Uh, so yeah. I liked this issue. Uh, I thought it was it, like my favorite issue recently. I definitely think so. Mm-hmm. Um, Talia tends to make me like things. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, 
and she's really good at it. And finding out like the history of this a bit more was really interesting. Um, also, getting the the tease for um, for like the was it the vigil? Is that the yes? Because we're see we saw that in the other book, and now we're seeing it here. And it's like, okay, that's going to be a big deal. And I like the character designs. Obviously, I think they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about someone out hacking Barbara, but that's that's not neither here nor there. <laughs> I knew you were going to like that. <laughs> and obviously, obviously, opening with Solomon Grundy is always a good decision. Dude, okay. When, uh, when I got the book, like, uh, my first I was like, wait, where did we leave off? And like, I opened the page. And dude, I threw metal horns up because I was so fucking excited. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, what did you think? Um, I mean, yeah, Open Up with Solomon Grundy was just, like, awesome. Obviously, that's where we left off, but a good full scene with him. And then uh, partnering up with the Cheshire Cat character will be interesting. And then, like, will will that play into, is that part of, like, the visual um, aspect? Because if so, fucking way to to get me in over there, uh, Rom, because son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, a fantastic issue. Again, one of those seeds, one of those issues where we've, we're we're finally seeing all those seeds uh, bear fruit from like from the beginning of of his run. Like all of these elements playing in, like all these callbacks, like Talia, like even like having her scene like stride like stride along. Like it made sense because like even like there was a callback to that from like five issues ago, and how like and now how like these orgrams have been like tied to Rache for so long. Like that's also just as interesting. And even like what, yeah, and, and Rachel's back now too, right? So we'll see how that how that comes into comes into play. And if I'm gonna read the vigil, then yeah, I am curious on uh, on the the little man in the in the chair that that did out hack Barbara. Like, I'll I'll read the vigil for a couple of issues, see if see if it, get, it keeps me hooked, and I'll, I'll see what that little dude's about. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Cuspar. Um, oh, the backup story. The backup uh, story, which is so fucking story. awesome. So good. Like, yeah, we don't need to talk about it too much, but it was very, very good. You should check it out. <laughs> so, all right, next up, Action Comics 1053. Mm. Uh, so, as always, this is divided into three stories. The first story is the Super Family um, story with uh, the Steelworks and everything that's going on. And the, the basically them all working together. Um, this story is written by course it's at the beginning the one time i don't look at the beginning <laughs> um okay so i got it written by philip Kennedy johnson art by rafa sandoval colors by matt herms and letter by dave sharp basically yeah they end up fighting all these guys that metallo has transformed and they end up they end up stopping them long story short um it's really interesting because like kara supergirl kara gets hurt and so uh connor has to like take her to get get her taken care of basically clark gives everybody all these different instructions and he leaves john with the twins to watch them Mm -hmm. and you get that john is actually kind of jealous of the twins because he really had his childhood with his parents taken away and now these kids get to have their childhood with his parents and he's not being mean to them or anything like that but it's just kind of apparent that he's jealous and they kind of address that which is really cool um also you get a kind of idea that maybe one of the twins doesn't have as much self-control as the others because she kind of goes rogue at the end. And that's where that story oh, ends. Damn. Yeah. The second story is the flashback tale of when John was still a kid. It's fun. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into it, but um, I'm enjoying it. I think it's, I think it's a good story written by Dan Jurgens, art by Lee Weeks, colors by Elizabeth Breitweiser and letter by drop lay. But the final story is the power girl story. Mm-hmm. 
which is quickly becoming one of my favorite things DC is doing. <laughs> Written by Leo Williams, art by Marguerite Savage, and letters by Becca Carey. Once again, she is doing psychic therapy, essentially. This time on on John. And it's so great because, like, just the art is so great. Marguerite's art is just incredible. But we find out a lot about what's going on with Power Girl now. Uh, how she's just, like... Like, she doesn't go by Karen anymore. Yeah, I thought there was contention about this. Yeah, but she didn't She didn't go back to another name mm-hmm. or anything like that. She just said, that's just, that's not my name. She specifically says she, she doesn't have a name, essentially. Yeah, I, I think what I saw was, like, it was what Superboy says to her, is, like, calling her cuz, and it's like, and people just didn't want her to be an, another Kent. Well, that's what she's saying. She's like, I'm not your cousin. That's the okay. whole point of the series. Okay. Is that her saying, I'm not one of you. I'm the black sheep of this family, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really cool. And again, the visuals are really great. And I just think this has been so much fun. It's such an interesting run for the character. So that brings us to the final DC book. We always save crossovers for last. Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods, number two. Did you get this one? No, I got the A. Okay. It's just so sweet. That, the Wonder Woman. really great. Yeah, yeah it's the Wonder Woman. I just wish the cardstock covers weren't so expensive. I know. I mean, that, that's the shit that adds up. I know. Written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Sion Tormi and Emanuela Lupacino. Colors by Jordi Belair and letter by Pat Brousseau. Um, well, we got a Mary Marvel appearance, so this is already better than issue one. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was, I mean, in the tie-in, she was there, but you'll catch up on that one. Yeah. Um, I, I joke. It, the first issue was good. I just love Mary Marvel <laughs> that much. Um, I really, really, uh, I, I like this. I like where it's going. Um... I like how heavily Yara was involved because obviously we love Yara. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest uh, Billy fan, so I was kind of like, all right. But it did seem like he kind of just screwed up. And, you know, I mean, not to spoil the ending, but some stuff went down. <laughs> so um, very interesting to see how that's going to affect the rest of the Marvel family, specifically Mary. Um, also, I liked I liked that the wizard was like, your sister's smarter than you. <laughs> like, basically, <laughs> I was like, yeah, she is. Uh, so really cool. And also the backup story, obviously. Becky Cluner, Michael Conrad, Aletha Martinez, Mark Morales, John Livesey, um, Le- Alex Gamaris, and, Le- and Becca Carey is that war on Themyscira, which was just really sick. Just great epic battle scenes. I really like that. So, um, But yeah, what did you think of Lazarus Planet 2? And uh, I'm good, yeah. All right, cool. So I really enjoyed this issue for a lot of reasons. I like that when Mary Morrow showed up, showed up. It's oh, she does a call back to um, I'd rather be on Themyscira, which is like we actually get. I like that we actually get the then for the backup story. It's like what she she would have like just like been kicking ass with like all the Amazons in that in that scene, and like actually would have been really cool to see. Uh, but I, what I liked about it is like while Billy's like kind of dealing with his own stuff, he's kind of struggling like outputting like his power like with that giant, and he's getting slapped around. But it's like he also says like "ow" on the punch. But Mary doesn't like 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 when she, like, she doesn't have like even obviously Billy's like is, is sharing the power, but she's part of that shared power, and it just seemed like she was just not struggling. Hence, like being the better um, Shazam, the better Marvel. Uh, and after that, also like the because it's uh, almost through like uh, a word of God, at least like we like to think so with Julia Wilson. I like that um, because it's it's uh, this was this was her book. 
I was already feeling uncomfortable doing this, um, so I now no longer will, but I love that Yara completely shut that shit down when Billy was like, whoa, so does that make you Wonder Girl? And it's like, nope, we can just stick to fucking Yara for, for all intents and purposes. She is fucking Wonder Woman. That is what DC propped her up to be. Let's just call her uh, who she is. Uh, so if not, just, just call her by her first name, Yara. It's just as fucking awesome. And this is actually my first time seeing... Uh, um, was a Shazam all bulked up for the first time ever, and, and that was a pretty sweet reveal. Yeah, I'm I, I, I've been really liking uh, Revenge of the Gods. Nice. Yeah, I'm just curious to see how Diana comes back into it after what happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she's notably absent in this issue. So yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Marvel comics to wrap everything up, and we got a couple books to talk about. A couple Star Wars books. Star Wars The High Republic number seven. Um, written by Kevin Scott. Art by Andrea Bricardo and Marika Cresta. And inked by Mark Morales. Colored by Frank William and letter by Ariana Mayer. Um, it's basically continuing to deal with this attack on the city where they framed the Force users as the bad guys. We find out it seems to all be a trick. Mm-hmm. Basically find this hidden temple with like an artifact. And the giant statue they did knocked over, it looks like the temple's underneath it. And so now the Jedi are going to have to go save the day. Um, but in the process, it looks like they lost one of their like important allies. So very interesting to see if that's going to stick, because that'll be really interesting. I really like it. So, But I really want to talk about Star Wars The High Republic, The Blade, number four. Ooh. I have been loving this book. Um, it has uh, Porter Engel, my new favorite Jedi. <laughs> Written by Charles Soule, art by Jethro Morales, colored by Jim Campbell, letter by Travis Lanham. Basically, he takes on an entire like, like force of bad guys by himself. Um, he absolutely wrecks this badass general chick. Like, doesn't beat her, but basically embarrasses her to the point to show like I could easily defeat you. Um, and then he just walks around destroying all their like artillery Fuck. like he's trying to stop him. he's just blowing these cannons up like it's nothing um and like dude just the way he the way he fights one of his lightsabers i think it's like a shorter blade so it's almost like a, a katana and a wazakashi oh okay so like there's like shots like this Ooh, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's just the best duelist with with this stuff but we find out basically what the hook like what the real problem between the two cultures are, why they're there. It's really interesting. Um, Porter basically uses all of his energy. He can't even move. And the bad guy's about to point a big gun at him fires. And then that's when his sister comes down and defends him. The one that is not great with lightsabers. Nice. This fucking defends him. She's a badass too. And long story short, she's like, I'm not leaving the Jedi order, but I need to basically be alone for a while. Because I need it's she finds it, she thinks it's her fault because she didn't see what the problem was to begin with. Okay. Issues. Um, but it does have a thing at the end with Porter sitting by himself, and then popping his lightsaber out and says, "Porter Ingle will return in the Broken Blade." Ooh, cool! I am here for this. Legit, <laughs> my favorite Jedi now. So, next up, it's Jeff. Ah. Did you get this, Jeff? I have it in my folder, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't check it out. Uh, but Kelly Thompson and Guru Hero. Uh, this this is the reprinting of all the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. or Infinity comics. But you know what? 
that's a good thing because yes. they're great. Um, my favorite story is still probably the one where he went to the pool <laughs> and scared everybody out. He shows up in his gear. Uh, let me adjust my mic so I can show you. He shows up in his gear, so he's like uh, looking at his swimsuit. He's stuff. so cute. He's so cute. <laughs> and he shows up, and all the heroes are in the pool. And they're like, oh, hey, it's Jeff. And they're petting him and stuff like that. Kicks all his gear off, starts swimming. We get the Nevermind, Nirvana Nevermind. <laughs> it's so great. And then basically his little shark fin sticking out, and he doesn't realize he chased everybody out of the pool because they thought there was a, a shark in the pool. No. So, <laughs> Jeff. There's a, there's a callback to this later. There's another the, another one where Kate accidentally puts him in the, the washer, the washer <laughs> and his fucking face as it starts and he just accepts his fate is the cutest <laughs> fucking thing jeff is the best there's one where he goes to the beach and he wants to go surfing and he's like wait a minute and he remembers the pool so he goes and buys a dolphin costume <laughs> so people think he's a dolphin no and it works. he's dude it's just so great there's one where they're going jeff. there's one where they're going sledding and the sled he uses keeps messing up so he goes and gets another sled, and it's really great and working. He's going really fast. And you find out it's Captain America's shield. And <laughs> Captain America's trying to stop a bad guy with a trash can lid and looks really annoyed. Um, it's just great, dude. This book is great. It's so much fun. I'm trying to remember if there's any others. It's Jeff. There's one, there's one where he's the defender of the deep. Oh. And he's like, you see him going through all this stuff, and he runs into Modoc down in the water and starts attacking him. <laughs> And you find out that he's actually just in the bath and there's a Modoc toy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's one where he steals a bunch of stuff from the heroes. There's one where he gives a starving cat a fish. Oh. There's one where it's too hot and he's trying to cool off. And he dumps everything out of the fridge and lays down in the fridge and Kate gets pissed off. And he leaves the house. He's trying to get a kiddie pool filled up. It's like the hose sprung a bunch of leaks oh. and then he goes wait a minute and thinks the x-men symbol and then invites Iceman over <laughs> to fucking make the entire place ice and they hang out like it's just great i love it so so good hopefully they do the next volume because it's already out but yeah it's jeff is great everybody should be reading jeff he's the best marvel character <laughs> but that's not true we'll get to the best marvel character later i think okay next up i know this way picked it up Invincible Iron Man number four. Yes. Alex Ross, timeless cover. <laughs> I got it as well. He's so fucking baller. I fucking love this pose. Yeah, Mandarin looks really, really cool there. Um, I like that costume being chosen because it's a good costume. Yeah. So. Um, and I'm assuming because you picked it up, you read it. Yes. Even though you haven't been reading the series. So great. Written by Gary Dugan. Art by one for Gary. Colored by Brian Valenza. Letter by Joe Carmagna. So, yeah, we discovered that Fei Long is the one that's been fucking with Tony and bought his company out from underneath him. And Fei Long sucks. And I, I love that Tony outright says, oh, so you couldn't beat the X-Men, so you thought you'd come after me instead? <laughs> <coughs> I really like this. I think it's a good new nemesis for him. Yeah. I like that Fei Long isn't invincible, and he's he obviously got problems of his own. Like where he called him out about his dad. I thought that was great. Like <laughs> It was just really cool. Um, and it does look like we're going to be diving into the X-Men a little bit with this series, which I really enjoyed. So, um, I've been loving this series so far. what do you think? Um, I, yeah, I, I think the previous page, I, not, not spoiled, but I did also see an article about it where 
there'll be like a uh, a stark sentinel and now now i see how it's playing off and we'll we'll play off into that um but yeah I, it was interesting uh this book reminded me that basically Jonathan Hickman terraformed Mars twice. So it's it like the first thing that it does in this book. It's like, oh shit, that son of a bitch has been like wanting to just like go over there for such a long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a very interesting uh, book. It's like I'm it kind of sucks. That I'm, I'm not I'm not following it. Like, can't read everything. Uh, but it is, it will be one that I would really really like love to catch up on the trade because uh, it, it it's it's a sweet one. Also love the way he took his leisurely time um, and use a. Uh, uh, the Earth's rotation to, go, to get to, to instead of just like flying over to use like gra- gravity or against gravity to go over to, to Krakoa. That was cool. Yeah, totally. All right. Next up is Planet Hulk World Breaker number five. Written by Greg Pack, penciled by Manuel Garcia, inked by Cam Smith, colored by Chris Sotomayor, and lettered by Joe Carbagna. Um, it's the end of the story, and it was pretty cool. It's a Planet Hulk story. It's kind of what you would expect. Um, except, obviously, like, he's pretty heroic in this one. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, significantly more heroic, I would say. And has a really sweet ending, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, not a lot to say. I, I thought it was really good. Uh, what would you think? It was it was a solid, solid run. Um, by the end of it, I, I think they did answer it, but... Um... I really thought that like the being like the green scar, like his green blood would have like, cause they used to actually like give life like um, in, in, into the soil and in, in planet Hulk. But in this case, it was just like really just trying to keep like, it was breaking the world, but then like also just like trying to put like this one, uh, trying to piece it back together. It's like, so it wouldn't completely go to shit, but it was, it was awesome. I, I did love when he was like outputting his power, like that big old, that big ass page was like punching into like the core was like really fucking dope. Um, but yeah, that's a really dope story, and like I like that Amadeus got to like shine again using his powers. Where it's like, again, he he's still just as smart. Where it's just like he wasn't he wasn't completely sure of it, so that's why he didn't want to do it. And it's like uh, the, his power was was still there. Like I, I liked it. it. It was a good story. Yeah. And our next one is Thor thirty two, uh, written by Torin Gronbeck, art by one Gideon, colored by Matt Wilson, letter by Joe Sabino. Uh, I really like this one specifically for the Corvus Glaive stuff. Is mm-hmm. what jumped out of me. Uh, getting him more of a spotlight, more of a character. I thought that was really cool. I was getting wrong slide vibes at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the vacant eyes, you know. Right. Like, I'm like, no, wrong slide. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously Thor has a really badass fight with the dragon. What else can you ask for? The Hela stuff was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, with Doom and everything. And yeah, jumping. I, I love... There was a line that I absolutely loved when we went to the future of Thor's sister. It was Asgard, one hour later, 16 years in the future. That was very What a great fucking line. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's fantastic. But yeah, I really, really liked it. What do you think? I, I am really liking this uh, this story that we've been playing with um, uh, Lousa, uh, Lousa, his sister, uh, and I'm wondering how how that's going to play out after, or I mean, during this, but even after like Torin's like um, arc with this, because it's like it, it is such, she is such a key figure, and like the whole like sixteen bits, uh, sixteen years later, like then like having Corvus like answer for for some of the, for some uh, for some of his crimes, it's like it's like she's destined she's destined to be like so, something out of this, and I'm just like I'm I'm really curious how they're going to play it out, uh, and let the, let the Thor family grow too. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the fight with the dragon was super fucking awesome. Yeah. All right. Next up, 
Daredevil. Yep. Number nine. Alex Ross, timeless cover. Nice. I got the A, of course. Written by Chip Zdarsky. Art by Manuel Garcia. Colors by Matthew Wilson and lettered by Clayton Cowles. Uh, almost said Matthew Murdoch. I was like, no, that's terrible. Um, this was a really interesting one. And it's so interesting because there was some major revelations about everything they've built up over so long. Yeah. And it's not a Chichetto issue. You know, do you think that'd be one of the issues? He's like, I'm drawing this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, but we do know the end is in sight for this run, which is a real shame. And in the end, it was all a trick. Everything that they based everything on was just a lie. And I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Like, it's just, it makes, it's one of those events that makes you look back across this entire run and like reassess everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, fuck, that sucks. And then, of course, the Avengers show up to be like, we're going to beat your ass, Daredevil, like at the worst possible moment. It's literally the same cliffhanger as a Punisher book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's why I was making that joke, like, which team gets to go for after Frank? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, but um, I do like what it's building up to. <laughs> it's a fr- it's a shame that it's going to end, obviously. But yeah. what do you think? Um, man, the, the fucking, the siblings are in the, in the very beginning. The fact that they're still, like, thinking of, like, are make, making their play again. Um, actually, really like the page, uh, the guest page with uh, when he's dreaming. It was such a. I, I, I like the colors. I like. I, like the, I love the layout. It just took me back to like these like old school comics, but it was like all in his head. Oh yeah, very good issue again. Like the revelation, like at the end, like the the trick that was fucked. That was so fucked up. I, <laughs> I ah oh, man. I and and on top of that, the Avengers show up and it's like. Him, like you, you go back, you, the Avengers show up, and it's a dope, it's a dope page. And you go back, like the way he's just like sit slouched, slouched back and defeat. It's like, why would he even still want to fight? Like, can he still even fight? But it's it's Matthew, of course he will. Um, fuck, what will this mean? What will this mean? Even then, bleeding over into back over like to 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 the hand. Like uh, these, these books are playing off so well, so well off of each other. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, Strange Academy Finals number five. <laughs> Written by Scotty Young, art by Humberto Ramos. We're already laughing. Colored by Edgar Delgado and lettered by Clayton Cowles. First of all, we say it every time, but Doyle Dormammu needs to be protected. At all, at all costs. <laughs> if anyone ever hurts Doyle, I will fucking By the living him. tribunal, protect <laughs> that fucking boy. <laughs> he is the greatest character. But basically, yeah, we're having their first year commencement ceremony which is like freshman graduation essentially um we meet doyle's mom who's kind of hot not gonna lie <laughs> it's great and we get to find out doyle's true origin i thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. how he became who he is through really no decision of his own yeah and that's interesting uh and we finally get this climactic invasion of dormammu and his troops along with Emily and Desi attacking. And there's just a lot going on. We're not going to go blow by blow. Uh, but seeing the Zoe Desi stuff was really good. Yes. Like, like, so fucking great. Almost like I Zoe liked- was like being like, bitch, you're going to ruin a good thing here. Like, I really fucking like you. Yeah. I like Doyle just calling Emily straight to her face, being like, you spoiled ass bitch. Basically, like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, get her Doyle. <laughs> like, it was just really, really cool. And, um, 
it, the best part about it is oh, and also, um, what was his goddamn name? The Wolf Boy, uh, Howie. Yeah, Howie. Thank you, Howie. Getting one panel fighting somebody. <laughs> yes. Like I love that. Just like we learn nothing about this character, but he always gets a moment. That's great. Gus choking out a giant dragon thing. Always good. Everybody gets a little moment. I loved it. Gus just being the best student. <laughs> yeah. But the best part is <laughs> the thing that's going to save the day is so hilarious to me. And I wish I'd thought of it because it's perfect. Is if anyone can talk sense into Emily, it's going to be her disapproving parents. <laughs> I mean, just her disapproving parents, but they brought along the dog. <laughs> just like, yeah. In all the havoc, dog. the dog. <laughs> So hopefully Emily gets some sense talked into her and she comes back to the side of the angels because I really like the character, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we can find out she was corrupted, you know, or something like that. So I loved it. Obviously, we love Strange Academy. What do you think? Um, It it was just it was just awesome. It's like and it's like to Doyle speaking to the character, like after the first week, if I'm being honest, like maybe two weeks, I was like the bickering and like the teasing and just like the judging. I would have asked you where you came from. Like I would have been your fucking friend because I would I. I caught on how fucking awesome you are, bro. Like, I love that we got this like great, like detailed backstory on like who he is, like where he came from, how he is, and the way he is. Um, it, it, it was awesome. And yeah, the Zoe Desi was a highlight. I love both characters. Um, and then, do you want to talk about the the back page? The oh, oh yeah, as always, we have just an amazing the, val- the, the, the joke of it with valedictorian is of course Shaylee. She would actually strive for it, but yeah. the Salutatorian, of course, Toth. my our boy Toth. His speech is just going to be the double thumbs up. Yes, I'm going to walk up. It'll be a roar. Up. It'll be great. <laughs> like everybody, like yeah, Toth. Yeah, I love it. Oh, also, let's talk about the bit with with uh, man thing at the beginning. Oh, the shower <laughs> in the shower. Is that the shower I hear? <laughs> like, He's a teleporter. Of course, they can leave in the last minute. He's he'll, he'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, uh, great. All right, no Spidey books this week. Uh, so we are going to move on. I do have a well, shout out. Quickly, did want to shout out that he did get Venom, right? Venom Lethal Protector? Lethal Protector 2, uh, because, of course, Alex Ross Timeless cover, which is actually one of the ones, when we saw the mural of, of, all, the ver- all, of all the villains, this was one of the ones I was super fucking excited to own because the detail in this Venom is just oh, yeah. absolutely incredible. But it's actually a very interesting arc. Uh, I, I just shout out to the creators since I did buy it. Uh, to one of the old school, Dave, uh, David Michelini, coming back, um, pencil, penciled by Farid Karami, uh, colored by Arif Priyatanam, and lettering by Troy Slanham. Uh, so it's still taking in, like, it's a, it's an old school story, uh, back when he was just, like, almost bra- brains Venom, but coming out of that, uh, at least the only brains he still wants, it's um, it's uh, Peter Parker. So he's, he's, he's still out for, for Peter Parker. But he's still trying to do good. And in this case, um, it'll be a team-up uh, arc with Silver Sable, which is actually interesting. And actually, and let me show you this page, because the art is actually really dope. Check out this Venom. Like, I kind of want to stay on, because oh, cool, yeah. he, he looks sick as fuck. And plus Silver, Silver Sable into it. I'm, 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 I'm I love when Silver Sable gets in the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. stuff. I think she's a great supporting character for that. So yeah, I might stay on board. Nice. All right, now we're going to talk about some Krakoan books. And we do have Kirkoan books, but these are like this is like the least Kirkoan group of books we've ever had. That's so true. Because none of them are directly related to Kirkoan at the <laughs> moment. The island itself. <laughs> X-Men Unforgiven number one. Now, you didn't think I'd go a week without using my catchphrase. Ooh, yeah, that's right. Peach Momoko cover. But not only is it a Peach Momoko cover, this is the most Keith Peach Momoko cover ever. 
because it's the Peach Momoko cover of Power Pack oh. turned into vampires. What? <laughs> so I didn't even see this one. They look so look cute. At Katie. <laughs> and Julie, my love. <laughs> Add them Alex. to little monsters. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh love this cover. Uh this is the second part of the Unforgiven series, which started with Spider-Man Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. It was about that group of vampires that are technically good guys. Written by Tim Seeley, art by Sid Cotian, uh, color by Edgar Delgado, and letter by Joe Carmagna. Not going to go too much into it, um, but it is really cool. It deals with, a lot with the politics of the vampires. If you are a fan of the, the vampire politics of Marvel, because there's a lot. There's like all these different clans and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, it def- definitely gets into that. It's also pretty gruesome. There's a lot of weird body horror in this one. Nice. Um, they meet a guy who I swear to you is the last time we saw him was the double digits of the original X-Men run. That's how long it's been wow. since we saw okay. this character. But he has control over like organic matter mm-hmm. and he uses it in really gross, disgusting ways. So yeah, I'm trying to find a really good picture of it to show you. But yeah, long story short, his his whole thing is he's willing to get rid of bodies for vampires and monsters and stuff. And they're trying to track bad guys by, you know, find out who he helped in the past. That's the whole thing. So I don't see a really good shot that I could show up to the screen. So, but yeah, we're digging more into it. It's a really good story because Jubilee's involved and she was a vampire and she actually knows these vampires. She knows. So um, they're like friends and stuff. It's really interesting. Uh, to dig into like that half of her world. I thought that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tease at the end is it's Captain America's the next one. Okay. And he, literally the vampire that died in the first one, remember there was a tease he used to fight with side by side with Captain America in World War II? Oh, yeah. Captain America's like, I tried to check in my friend and he's not there. Where is he? That's the hook. So Ooh. it's a good hook. They set it up nicely. So nice. Uh, very curious to see where we go. So I'm loving that. Good stuff. What more? Next. Deadpool 5. I got the slapstick variant because you don't see slapstick enough. Oh, interesting. Nice. He's funny. Like, last time I saw slapstick was, like, post-Civil War? <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the 50 States Initiative? He was, he was in the initiative. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, This book. Deadpool. As I said, Deadpool number five. Written by Alyssa Wong. Art by Martin Kokolo. Color by Naroj Manon. Letter by Joe Sabino. You might remember the last issue. We have Cletus Cassidy reborn from the the uh, symbiote that was in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And so literally he comes back. He's like, I'm back, bitch. And this chick is like, oh, wow, you're hot. Like the heroine is literally like, she says, um, he says something like, I'm better than ever. She goes, I'd say. And they're like flirting immediately. And Doc Hawk is like, all right, calm down. And literally... Two pages later, another symbiote comes out of out of Deadpool and kills Carnage. What the fuck? Immediately kills the new Carnage. Immediately, <laughs> this is Renesme, his do- his his little one. Uh huh. There were two symbiotes in him, so Renesme is still loyal to him. Renesme comes out and is basically a displacer beast from D anD. d Oh, sick! It's his new dog, basically. That's awesome. Idea. He renames it. It's no longer Renesme, quote, because I don't want to get sued. Yeah. Which, good stuff. Long story short, it gets really complicated with this assassin order and stuff. Um, 
I'll get. I don't want to hit all the the beats, but the end result is Valentine Deadpool's new love interest mm-hmm. ends up saving the day. Calls um calls Deadpool their boyfriend, <laughs> so they are dating, and they they basically are together now, and they have a cute little kiss, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, we find out, but Deadpool does not. That Doc Ock was notified that he was going to be assassinated. He knew ahead of time mm-hmm. by Valentine. The, oh. All of this was a setup <laughs> to get Valentine with Deadpool for some reason. Okay, and we don't know why. So we're we're leading into that, which I think is really fun. Um, I just love they brought Cleus Cassie back and immediately killed him. I thought that was funny. As yeah, because well. we were like, "What does this mean?" And I should have tie into the summer, but no, it it's doesn't. a Deadpool book. I should have known better. <laughs> There's also a tease for the future with Harrower, like maybe she has more symbiotes. I don't. Want to, there's a lot of okay. like stuff in that. So, next up, Sabretooth and the Exiles, number five. <sighs> okay, so written by Victor Laval, art by Leonard Kirk, color by Ram Burrito, and letter by Corey Petit. Um, this is the end of the run. I will say this: I like, I, I like this book, but I think what I like is the Exiles. I don't like Sabretooth. Right, right. And the less the exiles appear, the less I like the book. And I'm really not a fan of Sabretooth. I haven't been for a very long time. And this this issue was like a good chunk of it was just a bunch of Sabretooths, alternate Sabretooths. Um, the bit with Nanny was fucking great, though. Oh, so good. Like with her being like, no, all you have to do is trust me to let me <laughs> reduce you to infant. You know, it was like. Why the fuck would we trust you? And then like, the knife panel <laughs> grid of everybody being like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I like I like Overmaker being like, I've known her longer than any of you, and you definitely shouldn't trust her. <laughs> I was like, yes. Uh, I thought that was great. Nanny, Nanny stuff's always great. They get away with the mutant babies, and it seems like the creeds are going to team up. Here's the thing I'm worried about. There's going to be another run, it looks like, because Sabretooth and the Exiles will return. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it's going to be him and a team of other creeds, and I don't think I want to read that. Like, those are the Exiles? Yeah, if that's going to be it, I don't think I'm going to read that book. Yeah, it'll be interesting, because like, the, like, the, going back to these, like, our Exiles that we're, that we're actually referring to, um, a lot of stuff got left, like, pretty open. So it's like, is it still going to tie together, um, since, like, actually, they're, they're still, be, they're still, uh, they count as, as exiles, but it does leave it as, uh, even, like, the X afterwards does leave it off as it's just, just the creeds. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I just don't know if I want to read that book. You yeah. Know, that just, uh, it seems, we'll it seems like it'll be a, a good beat before, before they come back. So we'll, we'll see. Also, yeah. the cover is the, the, is this guy, uh, Age of Apocalypse, uh, Sabretooth? Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't even catch that until you pointed it out, too. That's great. <laughs> All right. And final book of the week is, and again, the most Krakoan book of the group, <laughs> Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, number two. <laughs> I loved this book so much. Creative team, Teeny Howard writing, art by Vasco Georgiev, colored by Eric Arsenega, and letter by Ariana Mayer. Obviously, I love the Betsy and Rachel stuff. It's always good. It's going to be fun. I love the Braddock family. It's one of my favorite families in Marvel lore, other than like the Guthries. Um, but I love that this crossed over with the Captain Carter run that we got last year. Oh, okay. Because it's the same run. It's the same Captain Carter mm-hmm. because she had she had her Betsy, who had powers, 
but was like a secret agent with her and all that stuff. This is the exact same world. Oh, and so to bring that in, I really, really like this idea. And uh, yeah, that you're right, and that, that and that's where it tied into like my, my favorite part of of this issue was um of to, to keep it that much more British. But I like the credit of like the info page of Captain Carter, but it's uh the photos but photos by Jimmy Jimmy McKelvey. Just like, it almost gets like kind of meta. Yeah. Because he did, he did the art of that. Yeah. Run, so, yeah, that's really great. Um, I think it's cool. I think actually Captain Carter as a Captain Britain would have been pretty sick, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and obviously we're, we're building to something with Morgana and like there's, there's something really cool going on here. I like the, the evil Captain Britain design she gets. I think it looks pretty great too. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like this. And, um, Oh, also when she splits into three in the three different uh, aspects, I thought that was a cool idea. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think? Uh, well, when anybody gets and gets stabbed in the face with um, like a spirit sword, a soul sword, a soul dagger, it's just like, oh yeah, it's just it's so like bad. Dagger, it's yeah. so badass. It's like it can be so gruesome, but the way it just like expels or just like the way it liberates the person, it's so cool. It's just such a de- it's such a lethal motion move. But at, at the just like helping someone, um, yeah, no, awesome issue. Like actually, a really cool team up between these two um, very British characters, and like they're both like captains in their own right. Uh, yeah, it, it's just starting out, so I, I really enjoy it. Nice. Well, that's all of the comics that we got this week. So his way. Yes. I know you're excited for this. Tell me what else you've been reading. I oh God. Okay, so let me get this list going. I finally caught up. It was the first book I read of the year, so I finally got a chance to catch up on Incredible Doom number two, volume two. This book is so badass. Like th- these books are so good. Keith and everyone listening seek out Incredible Doom. They're just so good. This is the one where it was um, like in the era of uh, the the dawn of the internet, and like these two people found uh, well, found each other just like by almost like pen paling each other, um, and they kind of and they ran away from home. And the other story, the other side is about the the evil house, Evo, E-V-O-L. And it was like a punks boost punks type of house to just like literally go out and, and help other people that, that need it. Um, and volume two, these two stories finally cross over. Um, Samir and Allison, like I said, they were runaways and they found the evil house. And it's all about like now them getting to like know each other. And Samir kind of like, he's watching out for Allison, but Allison is now finding, like kind of like, diving into like this new freedom that she found and it's still a very good story it's, it's very compelling um uh, but it's just like it's really about tina it's, it's always been about tina and like how much like how i i would just like, love to have been her friend and just like she she gets like more of a we dive more uh, into her and like there's like a very very cute scene where she goes on a date with uh um shy violent which is like this this other this other girl that's like she play, comes into play and it's, it's such a beautiful fucking scene that it ends so tragic uh but again just like to highlight how important tina is as a person like uh it's it's, it's so it's so fucking great um seek it out incredible doom volumes one and two uh then i read some uh some manga uh which was the girl from the other side i read volumes one through five very very interesting manga um it's it's a black and white it's like if you look up some of the images like it's like so it's about the inside and the outside and the inside is where all the people live and the outside is where all the creatures and the monsters live and there's a little girl and she's like in all white and she's normal 
and she's being cared for by this um, goat looking like this dapper like skinny looking goat dude he looks really fucking awesome and he genuinely cares for her but the thing is like he can't like touch her like as, as a hug or like a handhold because it's what starts infecting people it's what infects people because like the that's what it makes him infected being like in that black aspect um there's these other creatures like of the black that kind of come into play and they have like one of them did put his hands like on her shoulders so he's been worried like that she has been infected but she shows no signs so it's like i'm I'm still trying to figure out how she comes into play because she was found on the other on the other side so has she really always been from the inside anyway it's very interesting it's it's i'm I'm, i really liked it for the first five volumes uh i'll come back to it later because um I think we're out, we're out of volume six at, at the store. I checked out the first four, but then I was like, I did like my library adventures, and that's where I found like the, the missing ones. I read a picture book. It's called Poco and the Drum. It was super cute. It was a, a little a little uh, frog that that gets bought a, a drum, and her parents basically just, hey, go play outside because like you're being too noisy, and then she develops it's like this uh, an ensemble. It, it was adorable. Um, and then after that, I actually read one of those DC YAs. Uh, I finally read, uh, thanks to the library, I finally read uh, Superman Smashes the Clan by Jin Luan Yang. And it is so good. It's so good. Um, and also by um, uh, Guri Hiro, uh, is, is who did the art. Right. It's, oh, God damn it. It's very, very good. Um, it's, a, it's a loose adaptation of this old radio show of, of Adventures of Superman. Um clan of the fire cross that plays a, a name into the name of that charter in the of the clan in the book but it's very good it's like it's it's so it's, it, it does uh, put these uh uh chinese immigrants like into play into, into like the focal play like through through their scope and like and yeah like uh, superman, superman is like the main character but it's mostly how these kids like are adapting or trying to adapt coming into metropolis like they're from from chinatown like then and the dad got a new job in metropolis and it's just adjusting to that in 1946. So I like that it was a story. It was still, it was loose adaptation of this old radio, but we're still keeping it to that era. We're like not really modernizing it. Um, Cause I, I, I do want to read kind of like old super, super, Superman in an old time. Um, and also like early Superman. This is like Superman when he was still um, doing his speech, his speedster thing, his speedster thing. And this is like in this um, story is like where he learns how to fly and also like uh, project beams because it also plays into like that he's an alien and and how everybody just like thought he was just like a superhuman, not necessarily not not just like, not from here, uh, but yeah, very very great. Um, I finally got to I, I've been wanting to read it. I finally got a chance to, and I'm very very happy. Um, after that, shit. Oh, what um, where is it? After that, I read. Oh. I read Emily Carroll's Through the Woods, and my only regret is that I didn't read it with next to Heartwood because it was uh, where Heartwood it was um, um, the the, the anthology Sylvan fantasy uh, book, um, and it was very endearing. This one was straight up uh, horror tales like uh, that just happened to go through the woods, and it was very good because it just it gave me those vibes where like the old the old uh, horror books I used to read read as a kid with like um, like like the Green Ribbon type of stories right there they're just haunting um and and that, and that's all it is like there's sometimes they'll have like a good outcome other times it'll just be like a dark tone it was awesome um through the woods by emily carroll w- was a delight so and yeah i think those yeah those are like all the all the books i read this week awesome 
Um, I've continued to listen to the Ninth House audiobook. Um, I'm probably about three quarters of the way through by <laughs> Leah Bardugo. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. I didn't read a ton this week because um, we were trying to watch the Shadow and Bone show. Oh, yeah. And also, um, this is WrestleMania week. Uh, oh. So starting Saturday is the NXT show as well as WrestleMania night one. And then WrestleMania night two is Sunday. So I'm going to be busy all day, both those days. Oh, my God. I got off at four this week uh, on the Saturday. So I can actually watch a Saturday, too. Yes. Yep. So let me know. We'll text back and forth and stuff. So um, so I didn't read much. But last weekend, I was up early enough that I was able to run to uh, a store, a comic book store that I don't normally go to looking for some back issues that I needed. Mm-hmm. And I found some gems that I needed. Uh, first of all, I found a Guardian 2 and 3 from Source Point Press. I only had issue 1. Nice. And really enjoyed it, but it just disappeared. So I was glad I was able to find those. I got the newest issue to Wonder Woman, as I told in this way, and I got this cover. I need to find that cover. That's the one I want so bad. (laughs) I managed to find All Against All 4, which I was missing. Sick. Cool. Yeah. I got the only issue of Batman Urban Legends I missed. So now the collection (laughs) is complete. I got a Jonna and the Impossible Monsters issue I did not have, Mm. which is a cover. Can you tell the artist? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, it is uh, a Michael Allred cover. That's awesome. I really like that. And then I I managed to find issue 50 of Giant Days for a dollar. Like, I don't know why. Pretty dope. Like, yeah, I was like, okay. I'm like, I might have that already, but I'm going (laughs) to buy it. I also found one of the two Magic the Gathering issues I don't have with this awesome Liliana Vest cover. Dope. And continuing my eternal search to have the entire series... I found issues two, three, <laughs> and four of Shadow Service. Sweet. Which means I am missing issue five only. Oh, damn. Okay, cool. So soon. <laughs> soon <laughs> okay. I, the funny thing is I have volume one as a, as a, as a trade. Oh, okay. I could read it, but part of me is just really stubborn right now. <laughs> so, uh, so I managed to grab all that, which is really cool and exciting about that. Um other than that, I think that's all I really read this week. I did a lot of D&D research because we are going to start up our campaign again. And I'll be playing this time. And I have a wizard I'm going to be making. Nice. And I'm very excited. And you know, no one in the campaign listens to this. So that's fine. <laughs> I can tell you. I'm actually going to be working for the bad guys the entire time. And it's just between me and Liz, who's the DM. Ooh, okay. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. So, yeah, we already have it set up. So it's going to be great. I'm worried because I'm the most experienced player that I'm going to wipe the party when I turn on the Oh, shit. Because <laughs> I'm really good Knowing everything. Like, uh-huh. like, yeah, so, but we'll see. But, yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, that's all I've been reading. So, those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. As long as Twitter still exists. <laughs> Fuck you, Elon Musk. Um, you can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find our producer, Liz, at WHI Podcast Liz. And you can find Hostway at Hostway Reads Hostway. You can find this show at WHI Podcast. Make sure to follow us on there because you can basically get an announcement every time we release a new episode, which should be every Saturday morning. You'll get a complete list of all the books that we reviewed as well as timestamps to each of the different publishers. It just makes it the easiest way to possibly listen to the show, and we appreciate if you do. Also, check out our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. This is our musical playlist building show where every two weeks, The two of us, our co-host Manda, and some of our friends and special guests sit down and make a musical playlist based on a randomized category. 
the newest episode, which will drop this Monday, is Family Ties, which is entirely made up of groups of groups of musicians who are related in some way. It was a lot of fun. We took the last episode off, so this is a return from a month up gone, and it was great to be back. I really enjoyed yeah. it. So, so follow us on Twitter at Jukebox Vertigo. Also follow Josue at Josue Plays Josue on Twitch. There you can see him play in a bunch of games, but also every Monday morning or Monday evening after the new episode of Jukebox Vertigo comes out, Josue hosts a live listening party where he listens to all the songs added, plays some games, and we all have a good chat. It's usually a lot of fun. We usually get quite a bit of people in the chat. So make sure to check that out at Josue Plays Josue on Twitch. Plus, he plays other games at other times. He's playing a lot of Digimon right now, which I was never a fan of. So I, I put it on and humor him. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I, I, in this game, I, I barely pay attention to the story. I just want to uh, make the trees uh, of the Digimon I, I actually like. There's a lot of great designs I yeah. really love. Yeah. It just always seemed too complicated for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm a Pokemon kid. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that should be it. So don't forget to bag, board, and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and fuck Ike Pormutter. <laughs>